0: Log radio. Okay. Peace,
1: peace, peace. Get a mic check, mic check. Mic check. All right, cool, cool, cool. All
0: right.
1: You see the phone number to call in? Let's get it rocking today call in number 563-999-3616 when you call in hit number 1 on the phone so you'll be put in queue y'all want to call in and talk y'all know me I get right to it How uh, the use of the online podcast loud and clear from california Oh, you call in, you have to hit number one, and it's going to raise your hand. It's going to put you in queue. All right, so let's get it rocking. Let's see. First caller, Florida, zero 5 call 67, 13. Turn Hello. off the radio in your bag, too. Hey, what's going on? Uh,
2: man, peace to the God. I love you, brother. I just wanna I'm gonna ask a question, but in order to ask my question I gotta tell you everything that I've done that you told me to do and then I'm gonna ask you, am I on the right track. Alright. Um, but brother, first thing I wanna say is thank you, man. Thank you. You taught me so much from my health to my wealth. <laughs> I eat watermelons, I lost weight, all that good stuff. Thank you, brother. But anyhow, um <clears throat> I've been watching you for two years and I got to the point where okay I need to do certain things first before I could even like do other things. So as you know, you know, you got everything is business, it's public or private. So I set up everything right. as a business. I even figured out how to how to um um, do Cash App without putting my social security number. And that was, like, one of my main things. They keep asking for your social security number, so I figured out how to do that. Um, so I got, like, ten Cash App accounts for my different businesses. I set all of that up. And then you said, hey, this is a way of life. This is not about, you know, just trying to, like, do the, the UCC. This is a way of life. So, man, I got righteous. I changed my life. I practiced semen retention. You know, basically everything you've been saying, right? Um, I right. also have, like, a little consulting business that I do. I teach people how to buy land and and stuff like that. You know, um, I do the whole process for um, um, basically trying to live like the Amish and everything like that. I live off grid in the woods, by the way, in North Carolina. So um, right. anyhow, I got the whole thing down as far as separating my public life from my private life, I have all of that down. Like literally, okay. I pay everything. I pay everything through my Cash App, one of my Cash App debit cards. Right, um, I'm in a process now with the bank of switching over my debit cards to credit cards. I already have one business credit card. Well, actually, two. I got an unsecured and a secured. I'm in the process of raising a limit, is what I should say. I'm in the process of raising a limit. I even figured out a way how to pretty much get loans without even using my social security number at all, like, you know, um, pretty much like, um, you know, hard money loans and stuff like that, but through the business, everything through the business. So, like you said, stop using the social security number. That was the main thing, stop using social security number. Now, with all that being said, and I want to go through the process with the UCC. Am I on the right track? And then, um, what's what's the difference? Okay, let me see. I'm trying. Okay, answer that question first. Am I on the right track? And then let me try to think. How okay, to let me ask question. you
1: this. So you putting everything in your business name? Because that's what I told you to do. Put everything in your business name. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Sir. So, what does UCC stand for?
0: <laughs> oh, what does it stand for? You
1: got for? me on that one, bro. I don't know you don't know I what forgot. UCC stands
0: for? You don't oh, know what the acronym
1: God. UCC stands for?
2: I do. I do. I forgot. Uh, don't let me cheat. Um, oh, God, I'm on the top of my head. Okay, um, let
1: me. I'm going to help you out. However, <laughs> you should not be doing this if you don't know what UCC stands for. UCC stands for uh, Uniform Commercial Code, Uniform Commercial Code. Okay, Okay, it's called the Uniform Commercial Code. The reason why it's called Uniform is because the same exact code is codified in all 50 states. If you go in your state and you look at the UCC code, for your state code, it's going to be exactly like my state. It may use a different um, convention to number it, but it's going to be exactly the same. So it's called the Uniform Commercial Code. So if you're so, this is all business related, okay? I, I, and I have to Correct. stress this point because we have individuals out there that are under some sort of um, delusion that you know that your nationality applies to this or something like. This don't have anything to do with any of that. And I wish you would quit exactly. trying to associate yourself or use comparisons or juxtaposing it. Talking, about I should do this process because it has nothing to do with that, okay? This is business. It only has something to do with you if you are interested in conducting business. If you're not interested in conducting business, then stay away from the UCC. It is just that simple, okay? It's that simple. So this is business, okay? So you're separating your public and private life. There is nothing in the public that is a real living soul anyway. The government, public means, the government only interfaces with other artificial entities, which is why they gave you an all-caps name, which is nothing but a corporation. That's all. It's like a corporation sold. So it only deals with artificial persons. So you creating an, an, another artificial person to do business with is ideal because it means you're figuring out the game. You say, okay, I, I figured out the game. Okay, let me put my car in a business name. And here's another thing you ought to think about. When you have to have a car in your personal name, that's, that, you're going to get in, a personal income taxes because so now – the payments that are going on their car constitute personal income. So now you got personal income taxes, all right? Where, where it's on a business, you can write it off when it's on a business, all right? So same thing with your phone. You have to pay your phone bill every month. Well, that's going to be personal income because it's your personal phone. But if you have your phone in your business name, now that income is going toward a business and you can write that off. See, instead of being a tax protester you know why don't you just understand how the game is played the game is played in understanding mitigation strategy understanding that we are dealing on a commercial board okay that's all this is you know you're going to pick your token to play the game with and then we're going to move around the monopoly board utilizing that token that token could be a corporation that token could be an llc that token could be a trust that token could be a company A token could be a partnership. The token could be an individual. The word individual means entity, and an entity is an organization. These are all artificial persons. These are all artificial persons. All right? I had to turn off your mic because you got something on the background going on. All right, so what you're going to do next, the reason you're doing a secured party process is because you're using um, asset protection strategies for your straw man in the public. Because, see, money is created through debt. So everybody's looking to create debt, and how you create debt is by charging somebody for something and putting a lien against them. The word charge means a lien. Let's look at the word charge real quick. Look at this word. What is this word charge? Let's see if I can pull it up on the – uh if I can log in. All right, so we are on s b c university's website, as you can see here, and we're going to go to the dashboard I've added some uh, documents over here on the website my uh top documents for you to read so you can this free you just come to the website and download them you don't have to um Look all over the internet. I'm going to be adding a whole bunch of additional things. Just you don't even have to be a member of the site to get this uh, to get this stuff. So I'm going to just have a lot of documents over here for you to download. Okay, so you can just come over in one-stop shop, find PDFs uh, that'll help you out. All right, so I'm going to go over to the dashboard, and I'm going to go to our dictionary. So we have, we have a lot of dictionaries on SBC University. We have Barron's Dictionary. You see right there. We got Bouvier. These are all different Bouviers, all the years, all the old dictionary. Somebody's always asking me, what is the best dictionary to get? Well, why don't you come over here and look, all right, and look through them. All right, and then also we have Blacks, of course. We got Blacks Law. And let me go back to art. We got Black. And as you can see, we have first edition. Here go the first edition black Law. See, it's broken up in alphabetical order. And we have a second edition, third edition, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. I haven't been able to locate the 10th and 11th in the PDF format yet, but as soon as I would do, I will let you know. We're going to, let's look at the ninth edition. Let's look at the word charge real quick. This is important for you to understand, all right? What is a charge? When you get a charge, what is a charge? A lot of people hear that word all the time and don't ever look it up. All right? Okay, charge. Here we go. Charge. A formal accusation of an offense as a preliminary step to a prosecution. That's sense one, like a murder charge. I right, sense two, an instruction co- or command. Mother charge to her son. Number three, a jury charge, like instructions to the jury. Number four, an assigned duty or task. You've been charged to do a responsibility. And here it is, the one we're looking at, number five, an encumbrance, lien, or claim, a charge on property. Okay, so this is important for you to understand. When somebody is asking, Do you have a, a, did you get a charge, what are they talking about? Are we talking about a claim? Somebody's making a claim against you. This is why when we go in court, we ask the judge who has the claim. Because if you are putting a lien against something, then that is a claim. That is the creation of a debtor and creditor relationship. So we don't know which one of these senses of the word that they're using when we go into court. They just presume that you do know. So one good thing you could do, you could say, I'm sorry, Yana, but this word charge. I'm sort of a law library rat. I'm always in the law library. And I happen to look up this word, and I notice that this word has six different senses of the word. So when you're asking me, do I accept the charges, I'm just kind of curious to know under which these senses is this word being used. You have to be careful because the first sense of the word is like a general sense when it says a formal accusation or offense. The uh, other five are narrower senses of the word. So you need to know what kind of jurisdiction you're in to understand the, uh, what type of, what definition is being applied. So obviously if you're in a commercial venue, okay, well they use commercial term in a commercial venue. And this is what you have to understand, so it's a lien. And this only makes sense. I want you to stop for a second. It would make sense to them to put a lien against you because the only way you can create money is through having liens on property. They look at you as their property because the Social Security number is their property, and you're looked at as the surety for it. So they're going to make you do labor as the surety. You are liable as a surety for the debts of the straw man. Then you put a lien against a straw man and make you liable. This is important for people to know and understand. Let me open up. So i uh, let me open up your phone line again. So the next step is to do a secure party process because you're going to put a priority-perfected lien against your property. So now you're first in line, first in time. This is an asset protection strategy. All right? So okay. that's now what we're I doing because okay. they – they want to put liens against your straw man, which is representative of your social security number. You beat them to the punch by putting one against them first. People will say, well, that's not your property. Gotcha. You're okay, it's not. I'm not claiming the straw man. I'm claiming an interest in the straw man. That interest is representative of my labor that is being utilized to fund activities in the private, I mean in the public. And you always
2: say that you always say what you're doing, you're, um, you're making it so you're first in line, first in time. Okay, now I finally get it, man. Excuse me. I'm a little slow, bro. Yeah, you know, like if pe- people you say- who deal with
1: mortgages, <laughs> people who deal with mortgages should understand this. If you've ever had a, a second mortgage, okay, the reason that the bank wants to do a title search on your home before you purchase a home is to make sure no one else has any claims against the property. That claim is going to be in the form of a lien. If Bank of America makes a loan against you and there's already a lien on the property, they become junior to that lien, which means if there's a foreclosure on the property, the first lien holder is going to get every single dime. The Bank of America is only going to get what's left. That's why they don't want to make a loan against a house that already has a mortgage on it. They want you to satisfy that obligation and have clean title before they'll put a lien on it because they want to be first in line. Well, all of you are walking out around out there and you don't have any protection against your straw man. So you want to be first in line. and they call it tax protester, right? Because what? The straw man is used for the, uh, utilized for the payment of taxes. But what you have to understand is, and what you tell these people is, I'm not an enemy of the state. I'm not here as a tax protester. I'm here to assist the federal government with in its time of need due to, due, uh, due to the federal emergency. My understanding, you're bankrupt. You're thirty-one trillion dollars in debt. What can I do to help? All
0: right, got you,
2: got you, bro. You answered all my questions. I thank you so much, man. I just want to tell everybody, you're the number one YouTuber on the planet. Show everything, man. Peace. I
1: appreciate it.
2: And um, but you explained that the man is God. The man came first. The man giveth. The man is God, bro. So peace to the God man. And um, I know sometimes you let people uh, shout out their business. I don't know if it's okay. If not, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Go
1: ahead, brother. Go ahead. You you do a shout out. Okay. Go
2: ahead. Hey, Welcome. hey, man. I'm. I'm. Like I say, I help people buy land. My name is Dragon Manifest on YouTube. Just hit me up, Dragon Manifest on YouTube, and um, you know, just hit me up, and I show y'all how to purchase plan and every anything. And make sure you mention USFL. USFL sent you, so I could you know give back to USFL. You know what I'm saying? I can give back to USFL. Right. So number one, I send everybody a video. Everybody, I send your videos. All my students, there. everybody watch your channel, bro. And I just. Promoting you, one my whole life, my from my hope to my wealth, bro. And I can't thank you enough, man. If I had a billion dollars, I'd give do you half. if that's serious? I appreciate it, but anyhow, brother. But I'm going
0: take up too much your time,
2: it. man. Um, I catch you next time, bro. Okay. Thank
1: you. All right. thank, you. Thank, you.
2: thank you. All, all right.
1: right. Yeah, this is all business, y'all. You know, it's just you know, it's like just keep that keep that in mind. This is all business. We're dealing with negotiable instrument. We're dealing with monopoly money. Let's just call it monopoly money. Federal Reserve notes is monopoly money. And monopoly money is only good on a monopoly board, and Federal Reserve notes are only good in a Federal Reserve system. Remember that. It's a monopoly board. They monopolized the system, and now they're using monopoly money in that system called Federal Reserve notes. All right? So let's go back to the phone lines. And let's go over to we gallivanting around the planet. And let's go to Washington D C two oh two sixteen fifty two. Hello. Hey, how you doing?
3: I'm okay. Um, okay. Hello. um I'm just studying. I'm doing my best to study and find a way to get in, the best way to get in. Now, in okay. And in, in, in doing that, um, I kind of hit a roadblock because people get jealous of us conscious people and people learning right knowledge, and um, and a violent offender has went and made a false report on me for the second time, and I'm trying okay. to okay. see my well, best.
1: Way. Okay, pause for a second, pause. When you say violent offender, I clarify that for me. What you mean by violent offender?
3: I'm a very unconscious human being, getting angry because I'm I'm learning right knowledge and doesn't like that and just fighting with me. Is this me your, Is this a? Door. Is
1: this a? Is this a love interest or your man or something like that?
3: No, no. Is this someone that I um, severed the, the relationship with because he was just too ignorant, and so I okay. and tried to. You know, I just needed to stop so I can get back to my studies, and you know he just well he was stalking me and all the silly things, and so um, he ran to a. I'm in Virginia. He runs to a county in Maryland, and he's making false report on me. Um, about about one, but it's a complete lie. He said like. It happened in front of a police station, but my thing is that the county keeps on pursuing every time he does that, right? And so I'm trying. Okay, so. Okay, all right.
1: Okay, if you don't (laughs) mind, is this a felony or is this a misdemeanor?
3: No, he has me with felony.
1: Okay, so it's a felony. Okay, I just need to. I just need to understand the degree. Of seriousness that I'm dealing with here, okay. So he's made what you term a false allegation against you, okay, and it's a felony, and they uh, they have formally charged you.
3: Have they charged you? Yes, they have for the second time. The first time it happened, that I was in there for two weeks. This time I'm trying to find my way out. I hired an attorney, and I'm trying. My question is, can I? It settle and close the case with my attorney if things start not to
1: No, you cannot settle and close the case with retained counsel. When you get retained counsel, you're telling the world that you want to argue a a case. Okay, when you're issued a public defender, that is an honor for the court. The honor is giving you a mouthpiece. I had to speak for you, but retained counsel, I mean, you know, retained counsel, if you go into him and try to get him to do stuff, he's going to say, hell no, he don't want to do it. So what is this you want me to do? He said you didn't. He's gonna say you didn't hire me to do this. You hired me to argue a case for you. See, so you you you. It, it's a difference, is what I'm trying to say. And a public defender versus retained counsel. All right. So retained counsel actually getting an attorney is a dishonor because you're telling the court that you want to argue a case. When you get when you yeah. hire an attorney, you're you're hiring an attorney to argue a case now. Most of them don't do that. They go and make a deal and then bring you a deal. They hardly ever argue cases to bring a deal to you. Now, if you want to get rid of this, I don't know exactly what it is that you're involved in. Have they indicted you yet? Have you received an
0: indictment? You no. Know,
3: the, first, the first time it happened, the public defender was like, oh, they, hate, they don't like pursuing cases like this, and I'm just going to no-load this all the way out. And she no-loaded all the way out the public defender. And so now I have a, a paid attorney. I'm like, he should get it dealt with even quicker, seeing how the complaint will have no proof and it will lack merit just like the last time, right? But my Okay, problem is, that may like, be true. I'm trying to- You, you got to make sure. Hold on.
1: Everything. Wait a minute. I'm going to let you speak. Let me say this. Always remember, when it's your word against somebody else's word, you don't need to say anything. Because the burden of proof is on he who asserts, not he who denies, so you don't need to answer any questions or say anything, all right? Because if you do, there's a danger that you could possibly um, corroborate what he's saying I, i'm not I'm not sure what it is that he said, but it's best to plead the fifth and just remain silent in those type of situations, but because there aren't any other witnesses. It's your word against someone else's. What are you going to do? Okay.
3: Thank Go ahead. you for that Finish I, that. Um, I've only spoke to my lawyer. I did try to put my own motion in and try to use the 5.1 rule, but they denied it. So I've only been talking to my attorney um, at this point, but I didn't know all that, what you're saying. I kind of sent in my own motion. They tried to act like they didn't receive it, so maybe they did receive it. But they told me they didn't. On that motion. They well well okay, they, Here, here's
1: the thing here's the thing. If you're going to file paperwork, like a motion, all right, the first thing you need to do is you need to ensure that the caption of the pleading is acceptable for that particular jurisdiction. That's where it top where it says in the uh, district court of the United States, Atlanta division, United States versus Joseph Jones. Let's call a caption of the pleading. Okay. That right there needs to be in the correct form. All right, that's number one. Number two, if you're going to mail in a document to the court, then your signature needs to be notarized, all right, because they don't know where that document is coming from. They don't know if that's really you filing that case. Okay, I'm so notarize it. it and also and also send a certified mail, okay? So when the clerk gets it, tell her and send them two copies and tell her to send you back a stamp copy. That's what you do, send them two, two or three You should have three copies. Anytime you file anything in court, you should always make three original copies of it. The reason why is you want to file one in the court, you want to retain one for yourself, and then you have to take the third one and send it to the opposing counsel. Opposing counsel has to get a copy of everything that you file. You have to mail it to them with a certificate of service. That's what they do to you. If they file something, they mail you a copy of it. All right? So you got to – now, that's only if you're representing yourself. You're not representing yourself. You have retained counsel, so you can't even speak in court, and you can't file I anything. I retained, the only... uh-huh.
3: I retained counsel oh, yeah? because it was in a it was in a warrant status, and I didn't know how to deal with that on the private side well enough. Right. And I was. There's know, nothing wrong with that. There's
1: not. There's nothing wrong with that. If it's everything that you say, he may be able to get it dismissed. You know, if they don't have any witnesses and they don't have any evidence or anything like that, I mean, you know, what is there to pursue? Unless there's some sort of course of conduct bent of mind that you uh, have made the prosecutor think that you are some sort of public nuisance or public menace or something like that. I'm not really sure what it is. I don't know the particulars of your particular matter or the facts in your case, but... No, I'm just saying yeah
3: no i don't, I don't think it's anything like that. I have all the charges. It's the same person. I don't even have a criminal record from years like twenty years. I'm not dangerous. I never had it on my record until now when I moved here a year ago mm-hmm. and met this person. but um, I'm a goddess, so these are no kind of uh ways that I entertain ways of life that I even entertain, nor is it my character but what? I was trying to understand, even after all this, is that i feel I feel bad for myself that this happened to me and be t- split from my daughter like that, and I was wondering like should I tort a claim or do an injunction or do some kind of lawsuit? I can call around and get assistance with that they are based off what it. what's your what's your
1: what what's your basis for a tort no. a tort is a private action for for injury, okay, how have you been injured if you want to do a tort? Tell me how you've been injured.
3: Well, I I have a condition where I get really sick from all of this stress here, and I don't think it's false arrest and not a crime.
1: Well, you're saying it's false arrest. Has it proven to be a false arrest yet? The case is still pending, isn't it? Uh,
3: Yeah, that one is, but one time before, it, it was dismissed all the way out. And I'm not saying Are you in the court for that. the same
1: you're in the court for the same matter or is this a different matter?
3: It's the same person, he did it for a second time, it's a different. It's a different um it's a different case though. The first case You can put, is put in a counterclaim.
1: Loaded. You can put in a counterclaim uh on it, you know, and claim some uh damages. Them keep filing out false allegations against you. Um but you gotta understand it that once you can't sue, you cannot sue anyone until the until the case has been over with. Because yeah. we need to determine we need a. I, don't a, 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 don't
3: uh, sue. I really uh-huh. don't really want to sue. Just some some family members are stating to me that I should, but I'm not not really for really looking for to sue more to settle. I was looking at your your uh, video of the 1099 OID, and i said I seen where he said to start, you know, um, what is that, discharging it and settling it out, trying to settle it out. If he gets it dropped, can I still settle it out with the OID? And am I able to fill that out myself?
1: Well, yeah, you are. I mean, you need to know what you're doing, obviously. Um, Right now you have retained counsel. You can't do anything on the case. You have retained counsel. So the attorney, he is the one that's representing the defendant, not you. So, uh, you know, so uh, I'm not sure which course of action you want to take. Um, I would wait like, to see what retained.
3: Going, if it doesn't go right, I'm sorry. Can I fire him and then go in to represent myself, like you're
1: saying. Yeah, you have a Sixth Amendment protected right of self-representation. So, yeah, you mm-hmm. can represent yourself at any time. That's your right. They want they usually want to make sure that you have someone who's trained in legal perfection. Uh and so you'll they'll probably give you something called standby counsel if you want to, you know, proceed uh in some sort of pro se status or in persona. But they're going to issue you a standby counsel that is nothing bad, that is good. Good. They gave you standby mm-hmm. counsel. Okay. So And just and just
3: let them know that I wanna settle it uh, and that's all I gotta say?
1: Well, no, you ain't got to just, all oh, you got to say, <laughs> you know, it's like if you're representing yourself, it, it's very involved. You're going to need to, um, first of all, I'm going to take you to uh, our website. I don't know if you're looking at the screen. Mm-hmm. And down here in our download section, section right here. And this court section, you got a lot of different documents. All right. Uh, court section, Court of okay.
3: So you don't just say this thing that you're uh, that he said, which is um, that I want to accept the the charge. I don't want to plead. Yes, you accept- can
1: say that for the, but you're gonna say that for the record, okay? But those are not magic words right. to make it go away. Is my point. Right. And what you're saying is I'm the, wanted- I'm the holder in due course. Here is a third party intervener making a special appearance as an authorized representative for the defendant. I accept for value and return for value all the charging instruments in this document and make myself and make my exemption available for discharge of all obligations and charges connected with this case. I do not dispute any of the facts contained in the charging instrument. Please use my exemption for all set and adjustment of the public charges against the defendant and release the order of the court to me immediately. Now, you are ready to do that process once you understand every single word in what I just said and what it means. If you're mm-hmm. just looking for some words to say in court, you're going to go to jail.
3: No. See, I'm going to start telling people been this
1: been, because I'm not I, going, I'm not going to put people under some delusion. Huh?
3: I've been studying a long I mean time here. I haven't even. What I mean by saying going, what I
1: mean, what I mean. Okay. That's great. What I mean by going to jail is you just don't go in there and just regurgitate what somebody tells you to say. You got to know what you're doing and understand that this is a commercial venue, that these charges are civil in nature, these charges are civil in nature, that there's some sort of debt creation that is occurring, that that there's a balance sheet sitting somewhere where an account's payable, that's aging, and they're looking for you for some sort of specific performance, okay? And that's why you come in and say that. The reason you're saying it is, number one, you don't want to go to trial, so you're killing a trial. That's why he said, I do not dispute any of the facts contained in the charging instrument. If there's no dispute, there's no need for a trial. Okay, now we can go to law. Okay, we can go to law. Okay, we have facts on record that have been stipulated to, and we go to law. But we are doing what's called a confession and avoidance under the common law. That's what an acceptance for value is. It's like the common law. Confession and avoidance, where you admit to something, but you plead other things that remove your liability from it, okay? And that's what you are doing. You're essentially saying,
3: I'm sorry? So should I admit to it? It, Even though I didn't do it, since it's so serious what he's saying, even though it's incredible and it's unsensible, I still admit and just um, counsel it out i
1: mean i mean well let me let me show you this i I was coming over here to this website i right, and I wanted to show you something okay so if you come to uh well you can actually y'all can go to uh uh my on my website you don't even have to log in if everybody just goes to my website who's watching this right now you can see under the uh, uh you can see use of their top ten documents uh and the top one is creditors and their bonds. I uh, oh, I got the wrong link in there. Hold on, let me go back to dashboard. I gotta fix that link. It's a broken link. Right, hold on, let me go. Let me go. I'm, I'm gonna fix the job before it's over with. And let's see, where Have is that? Have you it ever at?
3: heard of putting a lien on the court case? What what does a lien on the court case mean?
1: What is a what?
3: Have you ever heard of putting a what lien mean? on the court? Case? the the lien on the court case what does that Well mean,
1: when you you're not you're, in you're not in? you're not putting a lien on well you're not putting a lien on the court case what you're going to do is you're going to issue a bond against the court case a bond because what you're doing is well i just told you earlier there's a they have an account payable that's aging on their books this is all accounting all right? so mm-hmm. the reason you're going to tender a bond to them is for offset and adjustment you're going to have them to place that. You put that on the record saying that you're, you've covered all the cost of the case. Any type of damages or anything, monetary or pecuniary in nature, you got it covered because you are the creditor. You, are, you have an exemption. You have an unlimited credit that you can issue because we're only dealing with credit. Money is credit today. So you're going to issue some mm-hmm. credit to the government and have them put that on their books and balance the books and close the the case and then ask for the case to be. No, no TTA account. I wish y'all stopped saying this about this TTA account. This TTA account is the number one reason they keep calling y'all sovereign citizens. Do any of y'all read any case law? Let me read read some case law. Let me read some case law, T, because they're going to go in there. Because I know y'all got people on the internet telling y'all discharge debt using your TTA account. TTA stands for Treasury Tax and Loan Account. It goes no, no, to, no, no, TDA, uh, T, no,
3: no, TDA, TDA, Treasury Direct Account.
1: I mean, yeah, Treasury Direct Account. I mean, TTL account is the Treasury Tax and Loan. That's what you discharge through with the bank. The TDA account is what they keep calling y'all Sovereign Citizens for, Treasury Direct Account. Okay, I have a direct account. It's just like re- regular bank account. Okay, the thing about it is, is that you can do that process. There is something actually to do, but you got to go through the DTC to do it. Now, that's a separate, totally different process. What they are telling you out there is that you already have money in this account. This is what these people on the internet are telling you, that you got $600,000, a million, depending on your age, you got all this money in this account. That is not, if there is money in the account, you don't have access to it. It's a trust account. And this is highly evident that people who say this, and I want y'all to listen to me clearly. People out there, y'all teaching people like these TDA accounts, shut the fuck up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't know nothing about trust. Not a goddamn thing. You sitting here, a beneficiary, thinking you are gonna go in a trust account that you didn't create? If you would do a cursory investigation into a trust law, those ignorant dumbass would see that. But you don't know anything about trust, do you?
0: Not see, secured party
1: don't have nothing to do with no TDA account. Uh, let me say it again: secured party does not have a fucking thing to do with a TDA account. Ain't no money. How do you hear us over here saying? There is no money. And you come over here talking about a TDA account.
3: You don't connect it to the bank she's trying to say?
1: No. There's no, you got a bond that you put on deposit with the treasury department. That bond is referenced whenever you discharge a debt. The bond is the money. There isn't any, what is being used is credit. A bond is a promise to pay. The reason we have a birth certificate bond. Why do you think we sent a birth certificate bond to the Treasury Department? Let me ask you that.
3: Have you done a secure party process? I I haven't done none of that yet.
1: You ain't done it. You don't even know nothing about secure party, do
3: you? Yeah, I know about it. I have a a non-UCC. I was going to ask you that next. Yeah, but what is a a non-UCC?
1: Explain to me what a non UCT is. That's what
3: I'm. That's what I'm asking, trying to ask you, because a brother. So is but you have one,
1: but you don't know what it is.
3: Connected to a you trust. Have one, now. But I'm don't. not sure how to use it. I don't. I am not sure. He it's connected trust trust is connected to what trust is it connected to? Agriculture. What
1: trust is it connected to? What trust is it connected to?
3: I just have an irrevocable
1: trust. <laughs> well, it. okay, you have an irrevocable trust, so. What does that trust do? Uh, you have an irrevocable trust that does what?
3: It's just for me and my daughter. She gave it to me.
1: Okay, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with having an irrevocable trust, but you say you have a non-UCC. Okay, let me show you everybody non-UCC. All right, this is a document right here.
3: The and the non. Hold on, I'm going to tell you everything you
1: need to know because you want to know the what?
3: The difference between the two, the the UCC-1, which I understand that a little bit, and the UCC-9 that he gave me that I paid for.
1: Okay, well, Article 9 of the UCC, we we don't deal with UCC-9. You got Article 9 of the UCC. We deal with Article 9 UCC-1. A
3: A what?
1: A non-UCC. Okay, okay, well, that's what I'm about to explain to you. If you look at right here, this article explains it. Seek, but you you may not find, non-UCC recorded, unrecorded, and hidden security interest under Article 9 of the Uniform Commercial Code. Seek, and you shall find. This is the message of the scriptures. Unfortunately, the message of Article 9 of the Uniform Commercial Code is less comforting. The message of Article 9 might be more aptly phrased, seek, but you may not find. Article 9 provides a comprehensive scheme for the regulation of consensual security interests and personal property and fixtures. In order to notify a subsequent creditor of his security interest and collateral, Article 9 normally requires a secure party to file a financing statement, that's a UCC-1. Thus, a later creditor can discover a record of a prior creditor's security interest and will be able to act accordingly. What every creditor should realize, however, is that Article 9 tolerates non-UCC recorded, unrecorded, and hidden security interest. So a UCC, a non-UCC is the what? A hidden security interest, okay? Well, let's look at it. It says, <laughs> as defined in this article, a non-UCC recorded security interest is an attached security interest that is recorded somewhere other than in the Article 9 filing system. So that's what it is. <laughs> uh, you, you, you have filed a notice because all UCCs are notices. So instead of filing a notice, in the UCC commercial chamber, you filed a notice in some other chamber. Probably what these dudes are telling you to file it in the real estate records, which is the most idiotic shit that I've ever heard. That is based off the fact that your body comes from the earth. So you are from the soil of the ground. So I'm going to file this. And these clerks are rejecting this shit right and left. And people are down there arguing with the clerk. Another reason why they are calling us sovereign citizens. This is some sovereign citizenship. Okay. Yeah,
3: I'm not into the sovereign part. Okay, (laughs) I don't
1: want to file. I'm filing. You file a UCC-1 because that is where you file a security interest in movable property. Okay. The real estate records is for immovable property. All right. So the reason we're filing a UCC-1 Okay, we follow one where the property was originated, which is your birth state, and a one where the property resides, which is in the state where you currently reside at or live in. A Mm -hmm. UCC1 is just a notice. What we are doing is establishing a priority perfected interest in property. Now, if you're going to do something with some real estate, okay, this is not the chamber to do that in. That's a totally separate uh, issue that we're dealing with. And you, have, and you can't yeah, just come in and just assert some sort of security interest over some property that already has a lien against it. You know, there's only three ways to get rid of a lien, payment in full, jury trial, or counter affidavit. You understand that when you read the 10 maxims of commercial law?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so that, let me, let me slow way. down. Let me slow down, all right? So the reason you're filing a UCC-1, okay, is to give notice to the world that you have a priority. You have the first priority and interest in the property, meaning that something is owed to you. What is owed to you? The federal government took gold and silver out of circulation in 1933 under HAR 192, June 5th, 1933, Public Law 73-10, Codify in Title 31-5118, which is the rescission of the gold clause, suspension of it, meaning that you cannot require any debt to be paid in gold and silver. They suspended that and started using Federal Reserve notes, which are promissory notes, which are not money. The promise is to pay. Money is only gold and silver. Let me show you money on the screen.
3: I'm stuck on the promissory note because I can't figure out how to write this or where to find it at. That's one of my issues as well. I know it might be easy. I'll show you all of
1: that. I'll show you all of that. Give me just a second. All right, so these are, if you all look at the screen, this is a $20 gold certificate. If you notice, it looks exactly like a a Federal Reserve note. But this is a gold certificate. If you read it, what does it say when we read it? What is a gold certificate? These are gold certificates. They were redeemable. They're redeemable. It says what? It says, "This uh, this certifies that there has been deposited in the treasury of the United States of America, twenty dollars in gold coins payable to the bearer on demand. It's like a bearer. It's like a bearer instrument, meaning that if you have this twenty dollars in your hand, you can go to the Treasury Department and hand this to them, and they'll give you twenty dollars worth of gold. So money is anything that is gold and silver, or certificates that are redeemable in gold and silver. That is all money is. Ain't nothing else no money within the United States of America. Everything else is credit. That's why they take the gold from you and trick you all into getting platinum and getting diamonds that are worthless. Diamonds are worthless. And if you don't believe me, that goddamn iced out necklace that you got, take that shit to the pawn shop and see how much money you get for it.
4: If diamonds was worth so much, they'd back goddamn money with it.
1: Only thing they back money with is gold. All right. Okay, so let me finish. They took all the gold they took all the money. When it that was that was the biggest thing that they did. Because they took away your ability to do private transactions. And now they have centralized the monetary system, which is evil to me. Because now they monitor everything. This was a free country. We have the right to do business outside of their system. We have to do business within their system. But how they got you, it it, it was a series of things that got you in that. The first thing they had to do is get you to come to cities. So when they started building cities, I right, 'cause but in the early nineteen hundreds under um uh what yeah, the men who built America, which was uh Rockefeller, uh Vanderbilt, JP Morgan, and uh what's the last guy's name? He's a steel magnate. Um, I forgot his name. I'll think of it in a minute. But he was the reason you had cities being built. Prior to that the whole United States of America was a country, a big-ass country town where everybody had land, everybody had horses, everybody had their land. And you, if you wanted food, you grew your own goddamn food, you got your own water. A lot of shit was unheard of, paying for water. I remember the first time I was, I was a teenager when they brought out bottled water. I thought bottled water was the most ridiculous Shit that I had ever heard of when I was a teenager. I said, "Man, they selling water." We couldn't believe it. We could not believe they were selling water. They selling water. We drank water out the water holes, and water at the water holes used to taste a lot better back then, too. All right, but it's like they selling water. All right, so, so now, when they created cities. People started leaving their land and started going, we like bright, shiny things. So you wanted the bright lights of the city, and you gave up your land to go get a job in the city. That's when they got you, when you went and got jobs. When you went and got a job in the city, now you're a dependent. You became dependent on someone. The entire system is based off the Sovereignty means just what it is. You ain't no dependent. You're in, in dependent. In, I'm dependent on what's inside of me, not what's outside of me. I'm independent. Okay. But you were outwardly dependent. You went and got you know, and, and got a job, and they said, okay, we got these people on jobs, and they and you invested in the stock market and all that. They, they pulled the rug up under you and crashed the market. They put mortgages on all of these farms. People were borrowing money for these farms. They took all the farms. If you go back and read what was going on, they were going up there to courthouses trying to hang judges off the front of the courthouse by the neck. The Great Depression. Franklin Delano Roosevelt with seventy two jews in his uh in his administration all appointed I need to bring that to your attention seventy two they hide and they, they suppressed and that information came up with this new deal program, which ain't nothing but a socialist communist marxist plan that they try to make it seem like they saved the world, and they gave you a social security number. And they said, well, look, ain't no more gold and silver. Y'all got to turn in your gold and silver. All right, cause we got a debt we got to pay off. Y'all need to help us. All right, well, what are we going to give you in return? Well, the Constitution says only gold and silver can be money. However, we found a loophole in that. Under Article One, Section 8, Clause 17, we have a territorial jurisdiction that we have plenary power in. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a new monetary system with the Federal Reserve, all right, and then... We're going to put that in that territory, and then we're going to make you members. We're going to make y'all card-carrying members of that territory, of that Federal Reserve System, by giving you a Social Security number. That's why every time you come to them for benefit and privilege, they want to see your Sam's Club card. Where's your fucking Sam's Club card before you come in here? Try to go in, uh, what's that place? Um, try to go in Sam's Club or any of them club food stores. You go in there, and they say, sir, sir, sir. Sir, where's your card? Where's your membership card? You can't go in there if you ain't a card-carrying member. They won't even let you in the federal courthouse if you're not a card-carrier. They want to see a driver's license, a social care. They want to see something that evidences that you are a U.S. citizen. That's the territory you're going in. When you go into a U.S. district court, that's a territorial jurisdiction. You can't come in there unless you're a U.S. citizen. Hmm. So they gave you some monopoly money. They put you on a monopoly board. It's called, the, it's called the United States. The United States ain't nothing but a goddamn monopoly board. Look at it like that. They said, well, look, we can't put no money out here in the real world under the Republic. But if you want to, y'all can come over here and we'll save your ass. We'll put you on here in this Monopoly board and give you some motherfucking Monopoly money. And y'all can work jobs, and what we're going to do is y'all going to pay us back, okay, we're going to take 33% of your income and pay back the national debt. That's the deal. Do you agree with it? However, these are your public servants. We help them out. So we supposed to be looking at them like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not, not going to be no indentured servant to you. I'm not no slave. Slavery and voluntary servitude was outlawed under the 13th Amendment. I just gave you all that goddamn gold to help you. That goal is in trust. I didn't give that to you. So you go fuck it off. I gave it to you so you can handle your business, and you're going to come and give it back to me, or you're going to give something of equal value back. Not no goddamn Federal Reserve notes. That's not money. So you owe me, Mr. Federal Government. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to file a lead against that Social Security number because that's what you created as a transmitting utility to extract my labor from the private into the public to pay the national debt. So you after my labor because that's the only thing you got left. You didn't put every fucking thing in the country in the pawn shop. You're to put all the parts, the land, the cars, every fucking thing in the United States is in the pawn shop. It's called receivership. What do you have left when you go and borrow $2 trillion from the Federal Reserve? They're looking at you, nigga. We didn't already, you don't have nothing else, to pawn. And you come in and say, yes, we do. We got some birth certificates right here. We have some more babies being born. They're going to grow up and they're going to work jobs, and they're going to pay back this national debt. But how many you got? I got about 2 million of them. Okay, we'll loan you some more money. They're going to be sureties for this debt? Yeah, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a serial number on it. Let's look at this real quick, y'all. Let's look at the back of the SSN. When you look at the back of the Social Security card, there's a number right there. Starts with a letter. Those are Federal Reserve districts. The same thing that's on the $1 bill. So we look over here at this $1 bill. We'll notice that it got some numbers on it. These numbers, these letters right here, you can see right here on the $1 bill, it tells you. The B is what? What? I got a B right here. This B is what? It, is, it says the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That's what this is. So there's the Federal Reserve in New York. There's 12 Federal Reserve boards, like the 12 tribes of Israel. There's 12 of them. They match the numbers on the back of your Social Security card. Doesn't that make sense? You're the damn surety for it. They borrow money in your name. So this money that's being issued is an IOU. Now, with that knowledge, are you going to let illegal aliens come over here and work and take money back to their country? that got the number on the back of your Social Security card that you got to fucking pay back in taxes. And he ain't got no Social Security number. He's over working, taking money.
4: This ain't, mm-hmm. that ain't nothing about racism. Mm-hmm. This is business.
1: So, So, with that knowledge, okay, that Social Security number is your straw man. Every time they want you, anytime you deal with the federal government, they want that number. Name something you can get from the Federal uh, federal government without a Social Security number. Can't get welfare, can't get a school loan, can't get an FHA loan. Yeah. ain't something you can get from the federal government without using a social security number. What Name a benefit yeah. and a privilege is what I mean. Anytime you accept a benefit or a privilege from the federal government, they want that number. if they are going to garnish your check, what do they want? They want that number. So if you're what going to, you to put yourself route? out of their system, you got to stop using that number. How the hell are you going to be private and you still using that number? And here's the thing. Once you find out that, oh, I see what the deal is. You got my number and you're going to put a lien against it call a charge and then that rep then you can take that charge and put it in the form of a bond and deposit it in a municipal fund and create money and then and then trade it
0: so
3: what
1: and then and then hold me what as the,
3: the surety what, what would be the solution then to what is your what is your method the to solution discharge? As well, as that's as as what I'm getting to. Charged. The solution do do is, first of all,
0: that?
3: what you do after you give the I'm social I'm sorry, what did you say? You know? and, and the second question is, what do you do? How you, how do you live after you give the social back? How do you live like that?
1: Okay. Once again, we're talking about business. We're talking about business. All right? Everything <laughs> got to be a business mindset. If you're not in a business mindset, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you here? All right? This is business, man. The first video I ever watched was the occult world of commerce, which you should watch, with Jason Whitney and Jordan Maxwell. And that man tell you, that's one of the best videos ever made on this subject, still to this day. And that man, and a lot of people don't fucking watch it. They don't even understand. They don't even fucking of watch cult? it. I talk about this video all the fucking time. And the first thing he tells you in there is just business. When I didn't understand none of this stuff, that was the first video I saw. That was the thing that stood out in my mind. He kept saying it's just business. I didn't understand what he was saying then. I understand exactly what he means now. It's just business. Take your emotions out of it. It's called the occult world of commerce. The occult world of commerce with Jordan Maxwell and Jason Whitney. It's on YouTube. Y'all can watch it right now. If you are patient okay. the problem with most people is they can't sit down and watch something if it ain't sixty seconds long. They programming y'all ass to watch clips now. I gotta figure out a way to put a message in a sixty second clip. That's what I gotta do now. They won't even make something go viral hardly right now if it's something else. You gotta do a sixty second clip because they want y'all attention span shorten the motherfucker. Mm. How you get out of this? First, number one, you got to stop using the Social Security number. Well, how you do that, sir? Well, the first thing you know is that they have other entities. You can see that your Social Security number is nine digits. That should be the first indication that that's some sort of tax identification number. All right? Well, they have other ones. You have an association. You have a partnership. All right? You have a company, a corporation, an estate, a trust. All of these are additional entities, are called artificial persons, or we can use the word legis*, which means creature of the state, legis*, you call it whatever you want to, person, these are persons, person comes from the word persona, like when you wear a mask, that's what a persona is, a mask, so you pick a mask to put on, what mask? Take off the individual mask and put on the mask of a corporation or put on the mask of a company, or put on the mask of a truck, or put on a different mask, all right? But the mask that you're using is an individual that has 100% liability. We're talking about liability. Have you noticed that everybody in the public uh, is immune from liability? Nobody wants liability in the public. Why do you? They working from the standpoint of 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 no liability. They're immune from, they're immune from liability. So why aren't you? Interface the okay. government. Let me see if I let me see if I can find this for you. Wikipedia got a very beautiful definition of public law. Let's look at this real quick. So right here, this is on Wikipedia. I like how they break this down. See if I can blow it up a little bit. All right, so it says, public law is the part of law that governs relations between legal persons and the government. Do y'all see that right there? These people just told you everything that is involved on the public side, legal persons and the government legal person in law, a legal person is any person or thing that's ambiguous, any legal entity that can do the things a human person is usually able to do in law. Look at our public servants breaking this down for you. So all these are fucking artificial persons. There isn't any real people in the public. There are no real people in the public. Everything in the public is an artificial person. That's what I keep trying to say. Why y'all can't understand that? That's why when you look in Congress and you look at a nameplate, everybody's name is in capital letters. That's why you go into court, the judge's name is in capital letters. That's why when you look on your Social Security card, your name is in capital letters. That's why you get the electric bill, your name is in capital letters. That's why you get your driver's license, your name is in capital letters. That is an indication of an artificial person. Don't let these people fool you. They are shielding themselves from liability by hiding behind an artificial person. As a matter of fact, Express, a trust under the common law explains that, how they are using these artificial persons to evade liability. You play the same game. Why are you a tax protest? You a tax protest, that's the most ignorant shit ever. Just ignorant. Just ignorant. <laughs> Just ignorant. Just ignorant. We don't have to pay taxes. We don't, there's no law that says we have to pay taxes. That wasn't ratified. The 16th Amendment wasn't ratified. Nigga, you're in a Federal Reserve System. This don't have nothing to do with the republic, number one. You operating in a territorial jurisdiction. You voluntarily participate in it because when your child was born at the hospital, you voluntarily gave your child a social security number. They nobody make you get that shit. They tell you, is social security voluntary? Miss. All right. So look at this, this right here. Watch how they word this. I just read this. Miss and misinformation about Social Security. Miss and misinformation of, of facts frequently circulated on the internet in email and on websites, and are repeated in endless loops of misinformation. One common set of such misinformation involves the history of the Social Security system. Franklin Roosevelt introduced the Social Security uh, Security, uh, FICA program. He promised that the participation in the program would be completely voluntary. Let's look at how they worded this. Persons working in employment covered by Social Security are subject to the FICA payroll tax. Okay, that's it. That's true. That's not a lie. That's why I say you gotta get rid of a job. Jobs are not jobs ain't a right. Working a job is a benefit and a privilege. You working for a corporation that's incorporated down at the Secretary of State of the State. So that's how they word it, like, oh, it's not voluntary. It's it is it's voluntary for you to go get a job voluntary. That's all voluntary. That's where people get confused. They say, well, I shouldn't have to pay ta- uh, uh, income taxes. Well, you wouldn't have to pay income taxes if we were still using gold and silver. You wouldn't have to pay income taxes if you worked for yourself and you were self-sufficient like you're supposed to be in this country. Y'all operating under some sort of delusion that you have some entitlement right to work on a job. No. Jobs were created... Go back in time. When was jobs? Jobs were something. Jobs is something kind of new. It's some kind of new within the last hundred years, something like that, like working on jobs like this. The history of this country and of the world, people didn't work on jobs. You either took care of yourself or you didn't. All All right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So uh, thank you for so, all of this
1: information. Hold on, I'm not through. Uh, do you, you need that information if you're going to get out. Because now, what I was showing you about the money, the money, you have, when you put that lien against your social, that notice of lien, a notice of interest against your social security number, against your estate, okay, that has value. The reason it has value is because it's backed by your labor, Your labor is the only thing that has value. All the money in this country is backed by labor. Every Federal Reserve note is backed by labor. I just showed you the numbers on, look at the dollar bill. Look at your dollar bill. It got two signatures on it, just like the bond we got. Got a signature here and a signature here. Who is that? Secretary of Treasury. And the Secretary of the United States. What is the Treasury of the United States? Treasurer of the United States and the Secretary of the Treasury. Okay, then we have a Federal Reserve stamp on here to show what Federal Reserve Bank is coming out of. We got a number over here showing the surety. It's a serial number. How you can't see this? How you can't see? It makes sense. If they borrow money, it's a promise to pay. Who they borrow money, Who going to pay it back? Who going to pay it back? The federal government don't make nothing. How are they going to pay it back? They're talking about the full faith and credit of the United States. What is that? The only credit the United States got is the labor of the American people. <clears throat> government doesn't create anything. So I guess the question is, if all you government officials listening, shaking in your boots, hoping that the American people – don't wake up and understand that you a public servant and that you haven't been serving your constituency properly. you sitting here trying to indict Donald Trump, wasting taxpayer money because you don't want nobody to discover you a goddamn pedophile and like ass and booty and shit like that. God. Oh, calm down. You, you, the money You put a lien against it, and you make a bond. The bond is the money. You are making an assignment. Uh, When you send that bond to the Treasury Department, the Treasury Department is a bank. I don't need to know. All I need to know, see, this is what we're dealing with. you got to understand the UCC. When you send somebody a negotiable instrument, what comes into play is holder and holder and due course. This is how negotiable instruments work. Y'all getting caught up in routing numbers and account numbers and all of that shit. I, right? That's just, that's the bank's way of dealing with negotiable instruments. You got to understand the law merchant where all that shit came from.
3: You you How negotiable instruments
1: you, are negotiated. You, you, you
3: don't Ain't no money We only really have credit. The... I'm sorry. Um, I'm
1: sorry.
0: You,
3: you don't. You don't suggest to, to do the method of using the bank connected to the DT, D, what's it called TDA to use the. No, nine.
1: that's gonna get y'all locked up. That's gonna get you called a, a sovereign citizen. Whoever telling you that, you just gonna get labeled a sovereign citizen. Hold on, let me let me let me she pull this up. Let me pull this up. Let me, pull let, me let me let me just go, yeah, show you. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna show you going? Google
3: Scholar. Okay. What is your method for discharge? And what is the I best just explained method? it to you.
1: I just explained it to you. The promise that you know? I, I just explained it to you. I was explaining it to you. That's what I was just explaining to you. The lien? The okay. Yes. Put in a bond. We're talking about value. And this is why I can understand. See, this is, what, this, this is the problem I see in this space. People can sell y'all easy shit because it's easy. Most of y'all don't understand what I'm saying. And I can understand that 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 is the reason why a lot of people make a lot more money than me selling y'all bullshit because they say something. Just authenticate the birth certificate. Just – what's another one? Oh, just get a passport. Just uh, open up your TDA account and write an instrument off of it. It's simple-ass shit that don't require no type of understanding of nothing. And then they will make the argument that you don't need to understand. When I came up in the school that you have to demonstrate that you are more than confident enough to handle your own commercial affairs, if you're going to be dealing with negotiable instruments, how are you going to discharge something with a TDA account? How do they tell you to di- discharge something with a TDA account? How are you discharge it? Explain to me that, your your method of discharging something with a TDA account.
3: Okay, she's trying to say go in as the as the debtor that you want to go in as the debtor because all their obligations through the Indenture Trustee Act that all the obligations are supposed to be their obligations to fulfill. Long as you're coming in as the debt because they cannot fulfill a creditor. The creditor can't have those. those she said, "Find the trustee," and she told So let me ask your good. question. So
1: you're the debtor. So you are the debtor. That's what you're saying, right?
3: Yeah, she said the bank is not used for what. Hold on, hold on, hold hard. on, hold on, hold on,
1: hold on. Didn't I just read to you that everything in the public is an artificial person?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That the definition of public law is what? The government dealing with what? Didn't I just read that to you? You want me to repeat it again?
3: Artificial
1: people? Public law. Public law, what is public law? It's dealing with what? It's dealing with public law is the part of law that governs relations between legal persons and the government. Okay, so legal person, we're talking about a legal person, okay? That's why it has to be a straw man. The straw man is the debtor, not you. We understand who the debtor is. The debtor is the all-caps name. Right. Okay. Because it is everything in the public is bankrupt, is in debt, including everything that they create is debt. So the straw man is a debtor. Not you. This is something they're not explaining to you over there. Because they don't understand it. Because they don't know no law.
3: Yeah, the straw man, right? She's saying that. The straw man. You You can call it a straw straw man. man.
1: You can call it an artificial person. You can call it an enzlegious. You can call it whatever you want to call it. A transmitting utility. The thing is, it is the construct of the mind. It's a figment of your damn imagination it only exists on a piece of paper
3: so you agree that it's okay to fill out a 1099 yourself because she's saying the only one that you can fill out I guess as a debtor is the 1099 C who is saying this you keep saying
1: she's saying this who's saying this who who is saying this
3: Um, this this lady is teaching this her name is I know you're um, talking about
1: Do you agree She's just with regurgitating some you? You can send her G? right over here and let me i t- and, and watch my saying got them two
3: hundred and fifty thousand views. I'm a discharge that shit. Yeah, because I'm just studying around everybody. I study your information for years. I study um, the other brother. Shazam. Okay, if you study Shazam. my
1: information for years hold on. If you study my information for years then how come you don't understand secure party? How come you seem to not have an understanding of public and private and artificial person? I can you follow me for years, I and I know did, all this I stuff, and I repeat it every time I come on the air.
3: I know the difference. I just, I'm, I'm, just, I didn't say anything. I just respectfully listened to you. To, it's the okay. Same so stuff like if you, said. okay,
1: so we got a debtor. Okay, so she said, for finish explaining to me this process of discharging okay. this debt. So she said, you got to come in as a debt, the indentured servant act. You know what an act is. First of
3: all, yeah, I'm, I haven't read everything just yet. That's some new information that I learned from her. I never heard nobody else saying that. Most people I hear them speaking is the way you're speaking. Then I watched Gene Keating through you, and I I was following the 1099, and you know I wanted I want to do that because he's saying that it's still open on the private side, and it's our responsibility to close it. I want to understand what that means if if I have a responsibility. Well you're talking about you talking money. about there's
1: an accounts receivable that's still oh we're talking about accounting is what we're talking about. This is all accounting okay. because there isn't any money. So if there's no money, right. then we're, we're there's only two kinds of money, money of exchange and money of account. All right. Money of exchange is gold and silver or certificates that are redeemable in gold and silver. That's money of exchange. And where do you find that at? You guys you find that in the affidavit of Walker Todd. Allow Walker Todd to explain that to you He's an attorney. Work with the Federal Reserve. Explains it very clearly. As a matter of fact, let me touch on it real quick. I know I got to touch on all this stuff. So people, because I know we got some... We got some first-time viewers. We got the I'm affidavit of Walker Todd.
3: Much information. I'm trying to see where to start, where these start? But I think you just told me... On that UCC file, that lien on your Social Security then My only question then would be like, how to do that? You know, people gonna to try to sell it to you, but I wanna to learn to do it myself.
0: Well,
1: I mean, you said you, you said you gotta you gotta you gotta correspond with the federal government. We got steps that you do that with. See, the government is operating off of what's called presumptions, assumptions, and color of law. Okay, there's a presumption that you're a U.S. citizen because you've been signing checking boxes that you're a U.S. citizen. You put your children in public school. you got a Social Security card. You work at a job. You register your car. You pay property taxes. You vote in the election. All All these are evidences that you're a U.S. citizen. So they have a right to uh, operate under that presumption. But what you're doing when you do a secure party process is the first thing you're doing is you're separating yourself from the straw man, which is what you do in any business. I, when, they, when they call it a, a piercing the corporate veil, they try to get behind the persona and to the real person. But you, you can prevent that from happening if you administer the artificial entity in the correct way. They can't pierce the corporate veil or go behind the artificial person if you do everything properly. In other words, that you are managing it the way that it's supposed to be managed. If you say it's a trust, then it has to be a trust. You can't have it a trust and then be treating it like it's a corporation. It mm-hmm. has to be the entity that he said. You can't have a trust and then treat it like a partnership. They're going, to, they're, going to, they're going to go back and give you what is called a deficiency judgment, and they're going to retax you under a different tax bracket. All those years you claimed to have that trust, but it wasn't operating as such. It was operating as a partnership or an association. All right? So you've got to know how to operate these entities, number one. All right, so everything in the public is an artificial person. Everything in the public is bankrupt. They $31 trillion in debt. All right, let me just show you this. So you go to usdebtclock.org. And I'm going to show you this TDA information. I'm going to show you how this TDA information. I got it on my website.
3: She, she didn't talk, like, long about it. She said it real quick, and then she has something on her website that will teach you how to do it. But when she said it, it sounded very simple. It's just I've never heard of okay. it before. it's so always
0: simple. It's
1: always simple. The people telling you all shit, it's always simple. That means every time something blow up big, it's something simple. It's something simple. <laughs> every time, it's, every time. Every, I've been you? doing this for, like, 15, 20 years. Every time, it's something simple. And ain't nothing. I heard her say something about there's no pushback. I ain't There's nothing. If there was something in this space that worked 100% of the time, that person would be rich in a motherfucker. It's an individual pursuit.
0: Yeah. Um, and if you're going to get a black whoa.
1: card or anything like that, and you're going to get a TDA, I've got the instructions to get the uh, – I'm going I'm to give you a brief synopsis. If you're going to use a TDA account, the first thing you have to do is you have to form a trust you have to become a DTC participant. Once you become a DTC participant, they're going to channel those funds down into the TDA account. The reason it has to be a trust is those funds have to be allocated for a specific purpose. You can't, you won't, it's not for no self-enrichment. I have never seen anything in dealing with the federal government that hasn't been for a business purpose. From PPP loans, to, uh, 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 you have to have humanitarian projects, i done deal with people all over the world who do all kind of stuff. And every single time, 100% of the time, if it's something coming from government or dealing with government, it has to be for a business purpose. I'm going to post it on my, I'm going to post it on my website. This right here is the national debt. We have $32 trillion. These people are in debt. This is a straw, man. This is the U.S. debt clock, not the United States of America debt clock, the United States debt clock. Everything that belongs to them is called U.S., U.S. citizen, U.S. post office, U.S. person, U.S. district court. You have to understand in law, law is a science. They don't say that just to be saying that. That has a specific meaning. U.S. is different from U.S.A.
3: Uh, so have you ever heard him say the debt ceiling? The debt ceiling is that money owed to the people.
1: They got the debt ceiling. You got you got the the uh, the uh, uh, what is it called? I'll think of it in a minute. Um, the debt ceiling is they raise the debt ceiling ceilings. How much debt that they can borrow? That's the borrowing limit. OK, so when the government, so when Congress goes in, they just raise the debt ceiling. They just borrowing money against U.S. taxpayers. That's not your concern. That's really not your concern, because this is not your debt. This is the debt of the corporate United States. They're getting you to be a surety for this debt through your straw man, through that all caps name. How else can they get? Let me ask you a question. If you didn't have a Social Security number, how would they get taxes from you?
3: I don't know. Can they tax the business? They no, would. The business is exempt. They wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't.
1: Mm-hmm. They wouldn't.
3: It you wouldn't be like able to no get it, tax it from list? you know the no tax the no tax list what? person to get on the no taxes list. Do you
1: agree with all that? No, I haven't heard nothing no 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 tax list. I haven't heard anything like that. What is a no tax
3: list? Uh, I don't know. He's saying to get on a no tax list through his website. He teach you how to do it. You have to put in the an injunction and all the so, carrying let
1: me,
0: on.
3: Some,
1: <laughs> all a, let me tell you are some all that bullshit. Let me tell you some taxes are you you only taxed on benefits and privileges. Any CPA are, worth his weight will tell you this.
3: You don't huh? agree that we're agents? Are we agents? If you're uh, using if you we, want to
1: call it an agent, we call it a surety. We don't say agent. We say surety. You're surety because well, you're repaying a debt. There's a debt that's owed, so um, we are surety.
3: You know the W-4. You know the W-4. I got this big packet. It told me all about it. It was the same. Okay. You know the W-4. So I just thought it said we we have a responsibility as agents to report these
0: businesses L- Listen, Listen, listen,
1: listen, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Listen. You're talking about tax forms. You're talking about in the public. you understand that? Everything in the public mm-hmm. is an artificial person. See, you can't even separate in your mind that that's not you. You keep saying we, right. we, we.
0: Right,
1: real human beings only exist in the private. There aren't right. any real human beings in the public. Private? I'm trying to get to the okay, private. So like
3: you said, I'm trying to understand what I. No, do you don't have I to I do. get just to the me.
1: private. You already on the private side. You just got to start acting like it. You got to change your conduct. And the first thing in doing that is understanding you are not an artificial person. Mhm. Okay. Oh right. my goodness. Let me let me. Okay. Let me let me pull up this I, chart. Let me let me let me try to pull up this, this- chart.
3: From your website, are you you are you teaching this through your website, right?
1: I don't teach none of that shit. And don't oh bring God. it over here to I've
3: me. God. I don't teach
1: none of that shit. Or okay.
3: You
1: know, like, I don't teach, teach
3: none of that, that. Okay, forget it. Um. Are um, you a member? Of, I'm just. Trying to, I'm trying to understand the foul a lean against the social, and what does all that have to do with? Um, hold on, hold on. I'll li-
1: just li- just listen. Listen, listen. Do you understand? Explain to me what it means when I say there is no money. Yeah,
3: I I got that. That is all color of law.
1: No, I'm asking you to explain it to me. Explain it to me.
3: That there is no money. I know you say you
1: got it. Explain what I mean when there's no money.
3: Money is fake. It's just a paper like a promissory note. That's to my knowledge is what I'm getting here, uh, that – the gold like you said is replacing what they took from the people and just gave us the promissory notes that have to be cashed in for the
1: people to get their and money what back. no no, it, no 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 cashed in no no if there's no money it means just what a it floating, says it is there's no money
3: it's a red note or a floating red note or something i've heard a lot no of too,
1: but promissory <laughs> notes are not money bonds are not money none of that is money those are promises to pay. That's, a, that's called an IOU. That's like when I... Yeah. Listen, just listen. I'm going to try to put this in simple terms. If I borrow something from you, okay, let's say I borrow um, $500 from you. And you say, okay, Joe, um, I will, or Yusuf, I will, I will take that and say, well, how are you going to pay me back, Yusuf, if I give you this $500? And I said, well, you know what? What I will do is I will give you a promise, a promissory note, okay, for five hundred dollars. I'm going to write on a piece of paper, I promise to pay you five hundred dollars. That's a promissory note. That is a note. I'm making a note to pay you back. Your and you have evidence that I oh I sign it. I can have it notarized. Do whatever I want. But I owe you that five hundred dollars, and you got evidence that I owed you that five hundred dollars. Because I took a piece of paper and put my signature on it and signed it, okay? All right, you got that so far. Do you understand it? Yep. Crazy. Okay. Yes, I All right. Now we have we have we can either have an unsecured note or a secured note. An unsecured note means that if I don't pay you back, you have you probably won't have a good chance of getting the money back. You you're taking my word for it. A secured note means When I say, well, you know what? I'm going to let you put a lien against my car. And if I don't pay you your $500 back, you can come and get the car and sell it and get your $500. So we have secured debt and unsecured debt. Okay? You got that so far?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Got that. All right. All right. So now when you have that $500 promissory note, you got, you got it in your hand, okay? Let's say that you securitized it, meaning that I agreed to let you put a lien against my car, okay, and now you have this note. Now you need some money. I'm paying you back $20 a week but on, the, on, the, on the 500 But you don't want to wait for me to pay $500 back over about five years or, what, about two years. You say, forget that. I need all my money now. Or I need some money. So you're going to go and negotiate it to someone else. So you got a friend of yours. You're going to say, hey, look, Yusuf L owes me $500. I was want- He's paying me $20 a week right now. It's going to take him about two years to pay it all. I, have- I need some money right now. I will sell you this promissory note for $300. You give me $300, and I'm going to sign it to you. And then he can start making the payments to you, and that way you'll get five hundred dollars with interest over time. And I'm just going to get cash out and get three hundred dollars, and I'm out the deal. Do you understand that right there? That's called the discount mm-hmm. note uh, paper. That's called discount paper. Everybody who does real estate investing, you just you know what the discount paper market is. That's how you discount paper. You take a mortgage and you discount it by selling it at a discount to someone else and then letting them, that's what banks are doing. That's why you have a bank getting payments one night. Next thing you know, you got a letter in the mail and now you ain't having to pay chase no more. You're paying bank of America now because they discounted that note and sold a pool of them to another financial institution because they needed an infusion of cash. So they discount the face of the note to sell it, to make it appealable to someone else. This is how you negotiate something. So the value in that instrument came from the fact that there was some sort of tangible asset attached to it that I could collect in case she defaulted on her obligation. So that gave value to it. That means it made it appealing to someone else. So we're talking about value because there isn't any money. So when there isn't any money, the whole discussion turns to value. What has value and what does not have value? There are negotiable instruments that don't that are unsecured, and they're like an unsecured credit card. An unsecured credit card is hard to collect on. That's why they only had to put it on your damn credit report because they don't have any assets they can take. Now they're trying to take you to the to the courts now, and put a lien against your uh, 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 garnish your wages. That's the new things that they're trying to do, but it's unsecured. A car is a secured debt. You don't pay for it. They come get the car. But the application that you sign at the dealership is a negotiable instrument. It's a security. That's why they have the Federal Trade Commission on the back. They have a note on the back. called uh, It's called um, um, claims and defenses. Look on the back of your car contract. It's in a box. It's called claims and defense notice. That's the holder and due course clause. That's letting the investors on Wall Street know that if you default on that, you do have some protection because you still have rights. Now, this is negotiable instrument. Now, if you're going to discharge a debt, I don't care what process you, you do, don't, you, you don't have to just use a secure party to discharge a debt. I'm not going to say that at all. You can, you can discharge a debt just like you don't have to have a bank account to pay your mortgage. You can go pay your mortgage. You can get your job, get you some cash go down to the check cash in place, get you a money order and send in the money order and pay your mortgage that way or write a check or do something else. It's a myriad different way. It's the same thing in this right here. There are a lot of different methods you can use to discharge a debt. Yeah. However, okay. if you are sophisticated, how many of y'all out there want to uh, go to the check cashing place and conduct your business? That's not very sophisticated. When you use the secure party method, What you're doing is you have a statement of account, meaning that you have a record of all your transactions, like balancing a checkbook. If you've ever balanced a checkbook, that's why you're using the commercial chamber to keep a record of claims because you have a claims to an instrument, which is UCC 3-305 and 306. So you got to understand if you're going to do negotiable instruments, you got to understand UCC 3-302, UCC 3-305, and UCC 3-306. Claims to an instrument and claims in recoupment, especially if you're going to do 1099 OID. Because if you're not a holder in due course, you don't have no right to recoup anything because you're not the holder in due course. A
3: holder in due course, exactly what is that?
0: Exactly. That the
3: original Holder. Okay, let me explain it to you. Listen
1: to the name. Holder. You have two things. You have a holder and you have a holder in due course. Listen to the word and due course, and due course of that instrument traveling, it has to come back to you. And that's why they have claims. Uh, it's called claim and recruitment. That you have a right. Well, let me read this. Let me read this to you. I can't understand how anybody was going to do negotiable instruments. And you don't read Article 3 of the UCC. That, you know, that's what that, you know, Gene Keating said that shit. He said all these people doing this, ain't none of them read the UCC. These are the instructions to the game. It's is the game board instruction. How you going to play Monopoly if do you mean, don't read the instructions?
3: You need a dictionary to understand some of that stuff. I mean, I try to read it, but I feel no, like I don't.
1: Are you looking at the uh, screen right now that I got on the screen? Yeah. Are you are you curious. Okay, let's read this real quick. It says The instrument, look at what our public service did for us. You said you need a dictionary. Let's click on the word instrument. Instrument. Okay, what is okay. it? Instrument means negotiable instrument. Okay? So we know what an instrument means. And what is a negotiable instrument? Negotiable.
3: negotiable instrument.
1: A promise or order that a check is not an instrument, blah, blah, blah. I got all this down here. Check, cashier's check, teller's check, traveler's check, certificates of deposit. All right? So I'm showing you this to show you they they underline the words and tell you the definition. What is an order? An order means a written instruction to pay money, signed by the person giving the instruction. All right? You don't need a dictionary because when you're dealing with a statute or codes, The first thing that you have to look at is the definition that they apply in the statute. If they do not apply a definition, then you go to a legal dictionary. And then if they don't have it in a legal dictionary, then you go to a regular dictionary. That's the order of operation and looking up words. You always look in the statute first to see how Congress defined or the legislature defined the word. Because they're going to tell you what it means because they are the ones that wrote the law. Okay, so right here, we got all these words that are underlying, alteration, all these words. So what is a holder in due course? Subject to subsection C in section 30106D, holder in due course means the holder of an instrument if you're a holder of an instrument. So you, you're a holder in due course if you are holding an instrument, means you got it in your hand, you're the holder of it, but you're not the holder in due course, meaning that You don't have certain rights. You have a limited amount of rights. The person with all the rights is the holder in due course. However, you can become the holder in due course if you come across an instrument and you don't give notice, and there's no notice that someone else is a holder in due course. So it says right here. It tells you, number one, the instrument when issued or negotiated to the holder does not bear such apparent evidence of forgery or alteration or is not otherwise so irregular or incomplete as to call into question its authenticity. And number two, the holder took the instrument, number one, for value. Number two, in good faith. These are all equitable. Number three, without notice that the instrument is overdue or has been dishonored or there is an uncured default with respect to the payment of another instrument issued as a part of the same series. Number four, without notice that the instrument contains an unauthorized signature or has been altered. Number five, without notice of any claim to the instrument described in Section 3306. And number six, without notice that any party has a defense or claim in recoupment as described in Section 3305. So what is, they tell us what 3306 is. What is 3306? claim to an instrument. You have to have a claim to an instrument. This is why when you look at our process, when you have a negotiable instrument, you do a UCC3 on it. The UCC3, you click the box that collateral ad. That's your claim to the instrument. You send a copy of that UCC3 with your instrument whenever you discharge any debt. When you discharge any debt, you have to have a UCC3 on it if you want to do a 1099 OID because that's giving you a claim and recoupment. Because that's what you're trying to do is recoup something. And that's UCC 3-305. What does UCC 3-305 say? Right here. It says recoupment. A defense of the obligor based on number one, imp- defenses and claims and recoupment. Except as otherwise provided. Let me just stop for a second. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't think you understand understanding what I'm saying right now. It's kind of complicated, ain't it?
3: No, it's not that complicated. It's not. I get it. Was any of I this explained to you? Me.
1: I, let me ask you a question. Well, was, well, was any of this explained to you?
3: I wanted to look, uh, has it been explained to me and fully? No, it hasn't been fully explained. I've been self-educating.
1: Okay, so let me ask I'm you a question.
3: When y'all discharging
1: debt on that other place, what are you discharging debt with? If you're using a TDA account, what are you discharging debt with?
3: I haven't started – I haven't picked a discharge method. Like, she gave three methods on there to discharge legally, she claimed. The promissory note, the bill of exchange. The the bill of exchange, the promissory note, and the bill of exchange. She said the bill of exchange, the promissory note is the same, and the 1099C. And she also said the lien the lean process cuz she says some people are saying they have a lean on you but when you look them up there's no lean so you need to lean it yourself then she's saying to um filter it through that TBA in your bank and that you'll be in a special part of the bank you won't you won't be in the regular bank anymore You'll be giving them all your bills. Okay, so they're
1: telling you going through the bank. So you're going to the American Banking Associations. You're routing instruments through that. You're going to go to jail. They got, I just showed people a court case that somebody's going to go to jail. You start routing instruments through the ABA. That's what old what boy about, was talking about.
3: Gonna, is, is the bank going to go? Because you're giving it to them, and they're making you some special account you've got to be approved for.
1: What's, what's the name of the special account that you've got to be approved for?
3: You said that, like, a lot of banks are not going to be able to do this. It's called a medallion. You got to get some kind of.
1: A medallion stamp. A medallion stamp is a bank guarantee. I know exactly what it is. I got them all the time. I get them all the time. It's called a medallion stamp. They got them in different denominations. That's not it. What else? She's
3: just trying to say she knows three methods, but you got to go in as the debtor in order to do it. And she said locate the EIN. For the creditor, fill out the portion, the debtor information, add up.
1: Okay, so you need a W-9. Paid. So you're going to hit them with a W-9. Okay. All right, that might, that, might, that sounds reasonable. Okay, on your, on your screen, everyone, <laughs> I want to bring everybody's attention. This is called the United Nations Convention on International Bills of Exchange and International Promissory Notes. Promissory Notes and Bills of Exchange are different. A promissory note is a two-party instrument. A bill of exchange is a three-party instrument. I right. on a bill of exchange, you have a drawer and a drawee. On a promissory note, you have a maker. Okay. Now, the reason these are different, these these articles right here show you how to put one together. The reason secured party only uses bills of exchange is because you're drawing from something like a check. A check is a three-party instrument. You have to make a deposit in an account and then you can write a check on that account. A promissory note, you don't have to do that. It's just a two-party instrument. Like I explained to you earlier, I can give you a promissory note agreeing to pay you back or I can put, add some collateral, uh, uh, collateral to it. There's no need to, uh, to go anywhere else and withdraw something. But with a bill of exchange, I, so the thing about it is, now I will say this, they should be able to negotiate all these instruments. One thing that is true, is yes, if you give them anything on a piece of paper, they are supposed to take it. Because that's what ACR 192 of June 5th, 1933, mm-hmm. protects against. Right? They are supposed to take anything that you give them, because beggars can't be choosing. But when you're using a secure party process, the reason why you're using that process is so that you can establish yourself as a holder in due course and that you can have a claim and recruitment and a claim to the instrument. Because if you don't have a claim to the instrument, they don't have to give it back to you. Just like when you find a twenty dollar bill on the ground, you have to give it back to the person who lost it. You found it. Doesn't matter if it has a, a signature on it. This is what I mean by understand. Saying I understand how the a game of negotiable instruments works. Yeah. Okay. They trying to. They, if they talking that TDA account, they gonna get somebody locked up. That's all. I'm gonna tell you, because that's gonna lead. Because if you're gonna route something to a, you, you know how many people in jail right now for trying to do them TDA
3: accounts. That too, but she said you have to do it the proper way. And you know, I'm not even done listening. I keep going over and over. I'm gonna make sure I understand. I'm not. Gonna well, I, don't, do I haven't listened
1: like to it, but if you put if if you put anything like a routing number on there, or anything like that, you're probably gonna get a charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a commercial charge for doing that. Because what happens is, I'm going to tell you this from experience. What they do is, when you give them a negotiable instrument, the first thing they do is give it to the uh, district attorney. He's going to look at it and see if there's anything on there that's public. That's why when you have to make a negotiable instrument, it has to be a private negotiable instrument. It can't be a public negotiable instrument. When you make it public, because this is all private, you can't discharge anything From the public because value is in the private, it's not in the public. The public is bankrupt. So where is value being derived from if everything is bankrupt over there?
3: What is that obligation? Is the government obligation or something she trying to say? It's not. It's a government obligation. It's a government
1: obligation for them to take credit from the private and offset their books with it. They owe us. I'm I'm talking about negotiable instruments. You're saying coming in as the debtor. The debtor is a the debtor is in the public. The debtor is not in the public.
0: Yes. And let me they say something. Have, uh, this
1: is something I want to talk tell y'all this listening. What I'm explaining I get, I get to you now this. is something know. something every You're guru came before me. Every every guru that came before me taught the same thing, the same basic stuff. This is nothing. Mm-hmm. This is basic stuff I'm telling you. This is something that everybody in this space knows. It's not any document I give you yep. to read on the website, all of them say the same thing. This is not nothing I'm telling you. Yep. This is something that everybody knows is that there's a public and private the private is where the substance is at. It's right,
0: where the right, right. real,
1: where the value is at. The public is bankrupt. So mm-hmm. you can't use anything yep. in the public to set off something in the public because they're both two bankrupt entities. You can't use a promise to pay to set off another promise to pay. Yeah,
3: because she's well, going well, to make me do a UCC on everything. I take that back. That. You can set, set it if it has some
1: value connected to it. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, because I understand. I'm sorry tell, to hear what you're saying. I understand you telling me about the private, and I understand where she's coming from on her end, trying to help us on the, on the uh, debt side. But she still correlates it together. I did want you to know that, that she said that, you're gonna to have to put a UCC one on everything that
1: you do," she said as well. You do. You're gonna to have to put a UCC on you got to, all of these. So if you're gonna do a UCC one, you got to do a, If you're gonna do a UCC one, okay, a UCC one is a notice. It's a notice. That's all a one is. The reason that you're doing a secure party process is before you can start uttering instruments within a private jurisdiction, you got to give notice to the federal government. That's a private jurisdiction. So mm-hmm. that's why you're protecting yourself from getting arrested. By the first step, you, 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 uh, you're getting the birth certificate, all that information. you sending a package to the government and letting them know this is what your plans are. A gentleman always gives notice. You don't just go willy-nilly in there and just start doing things. There's a first step before you do anything. You go in and you let them know, hey, look, this is what I'm planning on doing. If you got got a problem with it, I'm going to give you 30 days to respond to this. This is how you protect yourself from getting arrested from what you're not doing. All right? you're, going to send a, you're going to send a package to them. You're going to let them know, look, I got my birth certificate. I got a claim on that. Any property associated with my Social Security number that's tied to my labor, I got a claim on that because I'm not no damn slave. And involuntary servitude is not permissible within the United States, anything subject to their jurisdiction. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not a voluntary, I'm not a, I'm not a voluntary servant. Okay, you're letting them know you saying I'm tax exempt. The reason you said I'm tax exempt because 'cause I'm private, cause there ain't no taxes in the private. All taxes in the public. Let me pull up this chart right, for right. you real quick so y'all can see this. Tax laws in the what? <laughs> public. So let's let's pull this up real quick.
3: So you put y'all, can lean see, on a, if y'all can
1: see this chart. You put a lien on anything that's connected with the public.
3: The birth certificate. So you do it individually, is what I'm saying. You, you put a lien on all these things. So, do you have anywhere that I can learn this exactly? What yeah, you're you can me do me? it
1: individually. You can do it individually, but why would you do that? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. It sounds kind of like a waste of time. But yeah, you can do it individually. That's what UCC 3s are or for.
3: You all you put it all in the box. Everything at one time, right?
1: Yeah, you put it. You put everything that you're claiming on there in the collateral description on on the UCC 1 or the box 4.
0: Okay.
3: Thank
1: you. And then if you need to add anything later on, that's what a UCC 3 is for, and you click the box that says collateral add, and you add the collateral to the 1. The reason you have to do that is anytime you make an assignment of of value. See, let's say you got a million-dollar bond. Okay, Well, if you're going to discharge a $100,000 mortgage, you've got to make an assignment of the credit that is on that bond over uh, to this, uh, whoever is making this claim, and you're giving it to them. That has to be deducted off of that bond. The, transaction, the transactional record is the commercial chamber of the UCC. You're keeping records of all of this. Mm-hmm. It's records and notices. You can't put a lien on anybody unless you unless you gave them, if you haven't given them sufficient notice. That should be fundamental to anybody. Don't you see how the IRS operate? IRS just don't come and put a lien on you. They give you a million notices before they put a lien on you. Right. You, you mm-hmm. just can't go straight yeah. up and put a lien on somebody. you got to give them notice. Mm-hmm. So we got to do the same thing. That's UCC uh, 1-202. Notice. Let's read that real quick. What is UCC 1-202? Notice or knowledge right here, 1202, right here. Subject to subsection F, a person has notice of a fact if the person, number one, has actual knowledge of it, number two, has received a notice or notification of it, number three, from all the facts and circumstances known to the person at the time in question, has reason to know that it exists. They don't tell you that you got to use the commercial chamber. Each of the states created a commercial chamber as a result of this right here. They needed a chamber for people to give notices. That's why we use the UCC for personal property because that's what everybody understands to go to look for notices of interest in personal property, just like with the real estate records. Everybody knows if you want to look and see if there's a lien on real estate, where do you go? The real estate records. Mm -hmm. This ain't nothing but the real estate records for personal property.
0: And it follows uh-huh. the same
1: principles that you do over there with liens and the real estate records. The exact same principle. Let me let me let me see if I can break this down in simple terms without rushing. There isn't any money. Well we talk about this is why you say acceptance for value or acceptance for assessed value. All right? because we're dealing with value. Because when there's no money, how do you derive value? How do you derive value in when there's no money? If I have value, there has to be something that collateralizes something. That's why in the UCC1, they have a collateral description because you're a secured party, which means you have a security interest in some sort of collateral because that's what gives value to something in all the world now. All right? In all the world, money is created through debt. We have a debt-based system. Money is Debt. So when you want to create money, you got to create debt. Money creation is through the creation of debt. So debt is being used as money. So everybody is looking for a way to create debt. That's why you got to protect yourself because they are looking to put a lien against you because when they put their lien against you, they can create money. Okay. Okay. All money is created like that. Look around. When you buy a car, what do they want? They want your signature. When you buy a house, you get credit cards. They want a guarantee or a surety or something like that. Stop signing anything for one day and watch what happens. See if we have any money. (laughs) Money is debt. And it's, it's, it's a hard thing, for a concept for people to understand, but you're dealing in a debt-based system. So when you do a secure party, this status correction is really an asset protection strategy. It's really not – like I don't like the word status correction. I like asset protection. You're protecting yourself. That's what the attorney told me. He so said, you're just trying to protect yourself. You have to protect yourself. How do you protect yourself from predators? Everybody out in the public is a predator because they're all thirsty for money, and the only way they can get money is through the creation of debt. Bankers have to create debt. Bankers don't have money. Bankers you, offer you a service. They're called an intermediary. They're a middleman. Mm-hmm. She said that. She sure did. He's an intermediary. The Treasury Department is your bank. And if you want to know the players to it, read the Federal Reserve Act. You'll know who the trustees are. The Federal Reserve Act ain't nothing but a trust document. Let me, look, let, me let y'all see this real quick. Let's look at the Federal Reserve Act. It is right here. It's the Federal Reserve Act. Okay, short title. Being enacted by Senate and House of Representatives on the United States of America and Congress assembled. This short title of this act uh shall be the Federal Reserve Act. Ain't that like a, def- a declaration of trust? You have all they give you all the definition. Federal Reserve Districts, Section Two, Bonds with Bonds Are. They also give you subscription stock to national banks, liability of shareholders, failure of national banks to accept terms of the act, penalty for violation of the act. This is just a trust. Effective dissolution, stock offered to the public, limitation of the amount of one-to-one subscriber, voting rights, exactly like a trust document. Now you, you can understand why they can't audit the Fed. it's a private trust. And they have a board of trustees. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I talk about the Secretary of the Treasury and the control of the currency. So I didn't understand what people started talking about, finishing it to Puerto Rico. I know where that came from. That came from the document of Dan Meter and uh, uh, my man who wrote Behold a Pale Horse, William Cooper. Dan Meter, this right here, let me put this on the screen for you too. The IRS, let me see, do I got it on it? Who is the IRS? This right here, who is the IRS? Y'all read this article. This right here, BAT, this is it right here, B T A T F. criminal fraud. This right here talks about the art of illusion, how the IRS came into existence, how they were under the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. They had a trust in Puerto Rico, trust in the Philippines. You can see it right here, these trusts, Bureau of International Revenue, all this whole document. If you read this, you'll understand how the IRS came into existence, the whole history of it. This is where people – now, a lot of people don't know this, but this is where you get the information, who and what is the IRS. Historical note, history, and now evidence, that is a uh, foreign agency by Dan Meter. This was April 1st, 2000. So when you hear people talk about Puerto Rico and all of that, they, they say these things. A lot of people say things, they don't know where it came from. I've been doing this 20 years. I listen to what people say. I know where it came from. I know where it came from. I know where you got it from. That's the difference. I know the history of what you're talking about. Where it came from, does, can it be substantiated, can it not be substantiated? You're doing, when you're doing private banking, it's just like the name says. Private. Public and private do not mix. That's why you're doing a secure party process and sending them a bond, because your whole transaction is private. It's not going through the ABA. Once you send something through the ABA, you just entered into the public. And now you come under their jurisdiction. If they want to charge you, they can. If you don't want to get a charge, keep out of the public. Hmm. Make sure your bond is a private bond. Make sure your bill of exchange is a private bill of exchange. Make sure your routing numbers are private in nature. Make sure your account numbers are private in nature. <clears throat> Everything has to be private. And that's why I gave you the principle. So when somebody does bring you something, you can evaluate it. Because you got basic mm-hmm. principles. Okay, is this private? This looks like mixing a public and private to me. How am I using an ABA routing number and I'm supposed to be private? How am I putting an ABA routing number on my private negotiable instrument? When the American Banking Association, that's their shit. And they ain't gave me permission to use it. You route your instruments through registered mail numbers and certified mail numbers. The registered mail and the certified mail numbers evidences who's the holder of that document. Because you got proof. The certified mail number and the registered mail number tells you who has it. You don't care what they do with it. You just want to know they're holding it. And they have instructions. It's called a UCC contract trust account. There's a fiduciary duty on the part of the Secretary of Treasury if he chooses to retain that instrument. I gotta show y'all this stuff. I think I'm gonna do another show. I'm gonna show y'all where a lot of this stuff comes from using the DTC and the TDA. I think I'm gonna just do a show on TDA account, uh, the UCC, and all of that stuff. Where all this, stuff, I'm gonna show y'all where all this stuff came from. Cause all the information's been on the internet forever. It's been around forever. Where do you think she got it from? It would be helpful.
3: Um. You know, people don't tell exactly where they get the information from. That's why I'm asking you how to fill out my... That's why they always uh, do that.
1: That's what they were doing in jail. they be trying to cuff information. And I don't like that. That's when they come in my... If you come in my Facebook group, talking about DM you some information, I'm going to put your ass out. Everybody in my group know that. Don't come in my Facebook group, talking I'm going to DM you some information. I put together the group for the exchange of information. Not for you to cuff information, motherfucker.
0: Ain't yeah, none of this they shit they new charge,
3: Big old money they charging Just to help you make a UCC They ain't got to copy the information You can give
1: everybody this shit for free They still ain't going to understand it You make people pay to get understanding Because in giving people yeah. your understanding You're using your time I give you the documents You got to read them You got to look up the words You got to study the principles behind them you Giving somebody the document what? Ain't doing nothing you give these people free information all day long. They don't know how to use it. It take about three years to become functionally literate in this information. It's a lot of shit to learn. You give them documents all day long. You got to read it. I had to read these documents over and over and over and over and over. How do you think I could spit this stuff off the top of my head like this? You think it just got down, <laughs> flew from the outer space and just went in my head and shit? It comes through repetition. Um, I've
3: been doing this a long time and I still haven't got a good plan to go in yet. But can I just start with,
1: just start, listen, start with basics. Start with the, it's just like when you play a sport. You're going to dribble right and dribble left. Okay. You can't go to the NBA and you can only dribble right. Well, maybe some people can. I don't know. But. You want to be able to be good with both hands. You want to be able to control the rock. You know, you want to have good mechanics when you shoot a jumper. You want to know how to do a right-handed layup and a left-handed layup. This is fundamental shit. That's all I teach. I teach fundamental shit because everybody wants to rush and discharge a debt, get a free car, get a free house, get rid of their credit cards, and do all these different things. They don't even know basic fundamental shit. They're just being told, hey, fill out this – uh, negotiable instruments, send it in and your problems will go away. You think that that's real? Is, is it you think that you, do you, is that... you know how possible? long that is this... That, is, let me ask you a question. Anything's possible. Is that
3: house and stuff and that car? Is, is that it probable?
1: Or? Is it probable? Yes, it's possible. And it does work. If it didn't work, it wouldn't still be surviving up to today. Obviously oh, okay. it works. But I, it does it work do it. Does, does it work does does it work every single time?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: This is why you have okay. enforcement provisions and this is why you gotta know how to enforce your process. That's why you're doing it the administrative process was put together as an evidence gathering tool so you can enforce what you're doing. That's why you're doing an administrative process because you may need to enforce it because you're in an adversarial system. They are, they don't want to take this shit. They don't want to take it because it's too different. I remember a judge told me this one time. I was in court, and I was with a mortgage. True. I discharged a mortgage, and I went to court on it. And I'm going to tell you what happened. I, I went to court to discharge a mortgage. First time in court ever discharging a mortgage. I believe um, McCullough Raymer was the name of the of the uh, foreclosure meal that's the attorney, uh, uh, the attorney's name was McCullough Rama And the bank was, I can't remember what bank it was. I can't remember what bank it was. But I remember it was McCullough Rayma. because so they were like real big in foreclosing during that time. All right, so it's a house that's in foreclosure. Somebody gave me the house and quick claimed it to me. It was already in foreclosure when they gave it to me. All right. They wanted to see what I could do. They wanted to say, okay, well, let's see what you can do with this house. They gave me the house, and I moved into the house. So I got me a house. I got the deed to it, and it's in foreclosure. All right? Okay. So the first thing I did is I wrote mccullough and I asked them for a payoff, 30-day payoff. They did not want to give me a payoff. So they took me to court. So since they didn't want, so when they went to court, there was a, some confusion because they said that I was, uh, they didn't want to give me a thirty-day payoff, but they had sent me another letter saying that I had thirty more days. So when I went to court, I showed the judge these letters that they wrote, and the judge said, "Yeah, you, y'all wrote them this right here." So the judge gave me a two-week continuance. And in the courtroom, I asked the judge, "I said, Judge, I want to pay off this mortgage." I'm requesting that they submit to me a 30-day payoff because you need the payoff. This goes according to the UCC. Why you need a payoff? You need a payoff because it's discharged under the UCC. I think it's UCC 3-according satisfaction by use of an instrument. This is what that goes under. This is why you got to require that. It says, unless subsection C applies, it says, if a person against who a claim is as asserted proves that, number one, the person in good faith tendered an instrument to the claimant as full satisfaction of the claim, and number one, the amount of the claim was unliquidated or subject to a bona fide dispute, and number two, the claimant obtained payment of the instrument, the following subsections apply. So when you read this, it gives you instructions. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it gives you instructions that this is why you want to uh, ask for a 30-day payoff because they're going to tell you where to send stuff to, and this is also the reason why you have to have a claim on your instrument and you use an administrative process because you need evidence to fulfill the obligation of an accord and satisfaction because that's what you're really doing, an accord and satisfaction, satisfaction of this obligation. All right, so I told him this. He agreed to give me the 30-day payoff. We leave. They won't give me the, I call in a the office. They don't want to give me the 30-day payoff. I have anything to discharge in my hand. So I went down to the real estate records and got the deed that was filed. I had the amount on it. I accepted that for value, gave them a bill of exchange, sent it to them, uh, and sent it to them. Went back to court with all this. Only thing I put in court is is all the paperwork I filed. I filed. I had a copy of the negotiable instrument. It was the bill of exchange. I had a copy of. I had as an exhibit the affidavit of Walker Todd. I had the cover letter that I submitted to them, and I had a – did I have any? It wasn't a whole lot of paperwork I had. Oh, and I had a copy of the foreclosure deed that I accepted for value. I had like about four pieces of paper. It wasn't a lot of paperwork that I sent to them. A negotiable instrument, I I had accepted for value at a 45-degree angle, stamped on the uh, certified copy, from the real estate records of the mortgage of the deed of trust, and then I had uh, as an exhibit the affidavit of Walker Todd as an exhibit, and I had um, uh, of the cover letter. Okay, I think that was the only uh, only piece of paper I put in the court. So when he called my name, it was a foreclosure. This is this is a uh, this is a dispossessory. That's what we call it in Georgia. And when he called my name, I said, "Yana, I'm here for, I'm here concerning that matter." I moved to dismiss this case. I've already satisfied this obligation. I said that when he called my name. I was in the back. He said, excuse me, sir. He said, what do you mean you've already satisfied this obligation? I said, I've tendered them a negotiable instrument in full satisfaction of this obligation. And he said, he took off his glasses and he said, he said, now, is this, an, is this the kind of negotiable instrument I got to jump through some hoops and go down to Texas and get my money? Some judges will be very transparent with you. The reason they don't like to take negotiable instruments, because they got to go through a lot to actually monetize them. They can monetize any of these instruments. I actually had a case where somebody won where Judge Tolerbank, you should be able to monetize it. They can monetize any of them. They just don't want to. Because having a Federal Reserve note is such easy. It's in due course of their business, easy for them to work with. That's the only thing. This is all negotiable instrument paper. So yes, they should be able to take a promissory note, bill of exchange, money order, whatever, because it is all just paper, credit. So I said, he said, I, he said, do I got to jump through some hoops and go down to Texas to get my money? I said, no, sir. I said I drafted this in strict accordance with the UCC under Article. That he interrupted. He said, okay, 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 okay. Uh, We're gonna have a hearing about that. We'll get to you later. I sat in the courtroom and went last. Okay. Very last. Last one. Was nobody else in the courtroom. Called me up. He said, Mr. Jones. He said, yes. He said, first thing he asked me, he said, are you going to be using a court reporter? That right there let me know that he was a good judge. Because he asked me. I'd already, before the court started, I'd already went downstairs to the office with the court reporters and told it I need a court reporter in courtroom 1A. And I told her what time I needed her to be there. She told me what it was going to cost. She said it was forty-five dollars an hour. I said okay. She said. Now he said, you know, it's going to cost. I pulled out a hundred-dollar bill. I said, yeah. She said. He said, okay. I'm going to take a recess while the court reporter sets up, and I'll be back. He goes to the back, reads all my documents, comes back in. He says, Mr. Jones. Oh, oh I forgot. Yeah, in the cover letter, in the cover letter, it said that I had a. Um, that had a power of attorney, but I didn't need the power of attorney anymore because I had possession of the property. They quit claiming it to me and gave me the property. So the judge said, I read your documentation, and it says you have a power of attorney. So I want to know what is your interest in this matter, because you ought to remember they were foreclosing. They quit claiming the property to me. I'm not the original person that was in the case. So I'm not like intervening in this matter. I'm a third-party intervener. So he wants to know, well, what is your interest in standing I said I have possession of the property and I have titles. So he he didn't think I knew what standing meant or interest being a real part in interest. I knew what both of those words meant. So he said okay. He said he said he said okay. He said he said he said he said okay. I've seen a thousand. This is the next thing he said. He said I've seen a thousands of these pieces of paper. He waving my bill of exchange at me. He said I've seen a thousands of these. Because they do, because a lot of people copy the same shit off the internet. That's why I'm trying to teach you how to make your own damn negotiable instruments and stop copying shit off the internet. She said, I've seen a thousands of these, because if you are a real secure party or anybody's confident enough to handle their own commercial affairs, you should know how to construct a negotiable instrument on your own. She said, I have a thousands of these, and this is a worthless piece of paper. She called it a worthless piece of paper, as if Federal Reserve notes aren't worthless pieces of paper. And I said, objection, Your Honor, but that's not for you to determine, sir. That's for counsel to take that back to his client. His client can return it to me with evidence of a defect from a qualified third party and allow me the opportunity to cure such defect. After that, sir, I consider this matter settled and closed. What am I saying? There are rules with negotiable instruments. When you give somebody a negotiable instrument, that's called a presentment. Let's look up the word presentment real quick. Let's look at the word presentment. What is a presentment? Hope oh, you're taking notes. Um, you taking notes? Oh, you're yeah, taking I'm
3: notes. taking notes. And I'm going to go over back and watch
0: this, too.
1: But I can take
3: a lot of notes. I got to get ready. for. All
1: right, so let's look at this thing. word presentment real quick. Let's go to Black. Let's go back to our website. Let's go to Black Saw. And let's look at, we can go to the eighth of this. I'm, I'm going to pull up the eighth. I like the eighth. And then we're gonna to go to the P and we're gonna look up what a presentment is. What is a presentment? Well, there are two kinds of presentment. There's a presentment as, uh, as defined in the Constitution for the United States when Congress introduces a bill, but there's also a negotiable instrument presentment. So control F, presentment. So presentment, right here. So you can see, sense one, the act of presenting or laying before a court or other tribunal a formal statement about a matter to be dealt with legally, like your indictment, is a presentment. I want you all to notice how these all are correlating to each other. Criminal procedure, a formal written accusation returned by a grand jury on its own initiative without the prosecutor's previous indictment request. Presentments are obsolete in federal courts. They are. Okay, a grand jury. Okay, that's what a grand jury do, a presentment. And number three which you're going to find that usually three is a magic number, and usually the third definition is the commercial sense of the word. On a lot of these words, not all of them, but you're going to see a vast majority of words in a Blackslaw dictionary, the third sense of the word is going to be commercial. I believe that's why you have to say things three times in court. It says, the formal production of a negotiable instrument for acceptance or payment, cases, bills, and notes, presentment, and dishonor occur, for instance, when the holder of a check attempts to cash it at the drawee bank, the payment is refused because the drawer lacks sufficient funds on deposit. The demand for payment is the presentment. The bank's refusal to pay is a dishonor. So you got what's called a certificate of dishonor or a protest. You got a protest. So what is a protest? This is why we use a notary. This is why notaries are in banks. Yeah, they have to have a protest. What is a protest? So. Protest right here. Okay, sense one. A formal statement of action expressing dissent or disapproval. But we want sense two. A notary's public written statement that upon presentment, a negotiable instrument was neither paid nor accepted. So when I'm sitting here telling him that is your duty, I said that is for counsel. To take that instrument back to his client, they can return it to me uh, with evidence of a defect from a qualified third party. What's the defect? Insufficient funds. There was something wrong on the instrument, like it talks about in UCC 3-302. Right? Was it a faulty signature on it? What was wrong with the instrument? Was it insufficient funds? What was it? You just can't say I don't take this kind of payment. They can't say that because there are rules. They got to make presentment and then show evidence. When when you bounce a check, don't they send it back to you? They say, hey, you got insufficient funds. That's a protest. That's why notaries are in banks. Notaries are in banks for this specific purpose right here, not for you. So when I tell them this, just for you, you can't just say I don't take this. You need to process it, present it. Like I gave you a cover letter of instruction. Oh, I forgot. I had a memorandum of law. I did have another document. I had a memorandum of law on, on bills of exchange, I think. I had this document right here. It's called a memorandum of law. Because you got to introduce the law into the case for the judge. And I think this is it right here. Let me see if this is it. Memorandum of law. Where is that bill of exchange? Memorandum of law. Notice the memorandum of law and points and authority. This is like it right here.
0: Pull up. That site
1: won't even pull up. Oh, wait, you know what, this might be it right here. Let me see if this is it. Yeah, this is it right here, this is it right here. I gave him something like this right here. It's on script. I gave him this right, something similar to this, only I put a caption on it of a pleading. It's a notice of memorandum of law points and authorities in support of International Bill of Exchange. I introduced the law to him and I asked the judge, I said, do you have my memorandum of law? He said, yes, I do. He was upset with the fact the only thing he was upset with me about is that I put the affidavit of Walker Todd as uh, uh, as an exhibit. I just had it attached in there. He called the He called the clerks up and asked, could it be removed from the record? They said, no, we can't remove anything from the record. I told him, I said, well, your honor, can I just attach that to my pleading as an exhibit? And he said, yes, you can. I won this case. And the judge told the attorney, the attorney got upset. And the judge told the attorney, he said, he said, he said, I'm sick of y'all coming in my courtroom. This is exactly what he said. He said, I'm sick of y'all coming in my courtroom thinking y'all always supposed to win. He said, Jones got one up on you. He said, you got a case just like this in Superior Court. You ain't even prepared. He went on. He went on in on him. Cause I was, I, I told him out in the, in the in the hallway. I said, man, I'm gonna come in here and clown you, man. And they mm-hmm. left me alone. The thing is, is that. You got to know the rules of negotiable instruments. That's how you enforce it. See, they, y'all tendered a negotiable instrument, and it's oh, they didn't take it. Now they just can't say we didn't take it. That's why you got to have evidence. So when you go in court, you know what to say. You say, "Hey, y'all, you you can not tell me that's a worthless piece of paper. How you know it's worthless? Did he process it?" This oh oh, I forgot. I did have one other thing at processing instructions. The processing instructions I got of the exemption. By Moses Washington. I think it's the exemption. Let me see. It's called using your exemption. All right. It looks like this. Using your exemption by Moses Washington. And when you go through this document, I don't think it was in this one. But see, you have a bill of exchange in there? There's a bonded bill of exchange right here. And I also have a bond in here, too, that is real good. This is your bond and a bond order. And, and they give you explanation. this is an excellent document. This, this right here is excellent. You want to discharge debt, that's what you want to use. You want to read. You want to read the exemption and using your exemption by Moses Washington. I forgot where I got I, – I've I done processing instructions. I forgot which document was in. But I have it on the website. I put processing instructions. You always got to give them processing instructions. And it always has to be attached to UCC-3 with it. Or you did a collateral ad on your UCC-1 every time you write a negotiable instrument because that constitutes a, c- a claim on the instrument and that fulfills the obligations of UCC-3-305 and opens the door for UCC-3-3. Um, I'm sorry, UCC-3-306. And it opens the door for UCC-3-305, which is claims to recruitment. All right, so. These are the things you need to know to get your to streamline your shit. Go ahead. Is this on your website? You said it's on your website.
3: I'm trying to find it.
1: Yes, on my website. website? Go right here. I got. Matter of fact, if you go on my website right now, you don't even have to be a member. You go on my website, Mm -hmm. and without even logging in, up at the top, under where it says, uh, you'll see Youth of Veil's Top Ten Documents. And uh, right here, you can see it right here, the exemption and using your exemption. There they are right here. The exemption is, is teaching you about – exemption means you're exempted from having to pay for anything. See, we called it an exemption back in the day. Y'all don't use that word anymore in the new school. But we called it an exemption. I'm exempt from having to pay for I'm not, anything. I'm not, I'm, I'm not seeing it on my end. I don't even know
3: why.
1: Are you on the website?
3: Yeah, it's sccuniversity.com, right?
1: Yeah, sccuniversity.com. So you go to sccuniversity.com. Up here at the top under blog. Go under blog. It's going to pop down, and it's going to say use top ten documents, and there they are right there. This right here shows you how to fill out the 1099-OID, Nature of the Remedy 1099-OID. So to zero out your account. Shows you how to fill it out. Zero out your account. Also shows you Nature of the Remedy. This is for criminal cases. You want to fill out the 1099-OID on criminal cases. All the instructions
3: in here, man. I mean, it's like. It's not online. <laughs> I cannot find it. It's under use of i I'm not seeing it. It's
1: under creditors and their bonds. Wait, man. What, what? What are you? Are you? Did you find Yusavail's top ten documents? No,
3: it's not. No. Are you on my page. website?
1: Are you on? Are you on? Are you oh. on my website?
3: Yeah.
1: Are you on, on my website. website? Okay. What yeah. do you see on the website All at I the th- top? What? I,
3: I see your um your. I see uh, you have the right to privacy and member registration. Acquire
1: the skills to Look at the top. The link's at the top where it says homepage, about, and blog. Do you see that? Are you on a phone oh, or I'm on a computer?
3: I'm on a phone. It says okay. phone right here. The, the,
1: the, link, the link is on the side on the phone. You know you can't see it on the phone. Mm-hmm. So you see a three-line okay. on the left side. is a drop-down list.
3: Top ten documents. All right. And it says Y'all use phone for
1: everything. At the bottom, you'll see the exemption. Uh, you really need to read all those documents on that page. Anybody okay. that's doing this for the first time, you read everything on here. Everything on here will teach you how to discharge debt, do anything you want to know. And if y'all want to know about the TDA account, I'll add. I'll add the document opening your TDA account. They got a document on that. Y'all want to read that? I'll, I'll add it. I know where that is too i give you all this information if you want it. But my job is to tell you, my, my first My first job is to keep you out of jail. Because y'all are so, yeah, so greedy and desperate. Is,
3: can I use one of these in the situation I'm in right
1: now? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you can use situation. I would read, if, if it's a criminal case, what I would suggest that you read is the Gene Keating transcript and the Gene Keating securitization 101 and the gene Keating prison treaties I don't have the prison treaties on there. I got to put the trip prison treaties on there, but you got to understand the nature of the I re- start with that Gene Keating transcript. If you wanted anything dealing with a criminal case, that's the first document you should read Gene that's okay. how you understand where the gSA bonds came from and all that stuff using g it's just it's just a bond. you have to give them a the negotiable instrument to set they need an instrument to put on their book. That's why I was asking her earlier, what are you using to set off the debt? Is it a money order? Is it a promissory note? You can use anything. I'm not saying you can't use a promissory note. I'm not saying you can't use a money order. I'm not saying that you have to just use. We use bills of exchange because it is a drawer and a drawee, and you have to set up an account. And that's what the secured party process does. That's why I was using the analogy of a per- person going to check cash A person just drawing up a, a promissory note and just giving it to them, that's akin to me of a person just going to a check in place. No sophistication in that at all. But most people are drawn to what is simple. No, I'm
3: looking for
1: that. I'm looking for what
3: works. What, what, and, what? and I'm not saying it don't work.
1: Listen, man, <laughs> I have seen debt discharged in almost every process ever introduced. Yeah. What happens is when they catch on to certain ones, they look for loopholes. That's how you end up going to jail. That's why I caution you against the PDA account, because that's in the public. I'm trying to use something in the public. I don't use anything from the public. I don't use acts. I don't use statutes. When you're using a trust, you don't use none of that, because contract makes the law. It's the contract that is the law. On the private okay. side, contracts make the law. All right.
3: <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to go here. Tomorrow I have some things tomorrow.
1: Um Okay, well come back on yeah. sis. I'm gonna take another call. It's uh there's some other people waiting. That was long winded, but I, I think it was warranted.
3: It was it was very informative, and now I I have some of the stuff I didn't, just didn't say. I just didn't know how to enforce it and use it. And, and the problem I have is that I just don't know how to enforce it when I go to use it. So I'm just going to check in every time. And I'm going to uh, subscribe to one of your um, courses, and then I should start figuring it out.
1: What y'all need to do is y'all need to start read this, and this is what I do. I'm going to tell you. Before I do anything, when somebody gets arrested, I go read their case to see what they did that got them arrested. I read everybody's do
3: you know case do I do what I, I could have, are you um able
1: to be hired no 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 i can't I can't represent you I can't I can't represent you i I've tried to do that in the past they ain't gonna let. They ain't gonna let you come into court and represent nobody. That's not that's not happening. Not in their court. You can't do that. Can that's, why info- that's why you have to know this that's why you have to this information because if they do arrest you and you are hauled off into court, then how are you gonna defend yourself if you don't even know what you was doing?
3: Right.
1: What if they come arrest you at night and you gotta go to court eight o'clock in the morning, they don't let you use the phone. Yeah.
3: I really, hit nobody uh, on the phone. my still want to. I still want to learn. Notice, just for future reference, anybody do something like this, like I'm not. Somebody you should, gets in my You trouble.
1: should study everything. Studying, everybody got some valuable information they can contribute. I will admit that. You got to start studying this stuff, and then you will start to see how everything connects like a puzzle. Right now, mm-hmm. it seems like it's disparate sources because you got different people teaching different things. But really, they all talking about the same thing. Some people don't know how to teach it because they don't understand it. they just regurgitating something because they're trying to make some money. And they see it's the easy way to make some money. And they don't really understand what they're teaching. Some people know the information well. Some people know the information well, but they're just not a good teacher. I've seen people like that. They know it backward and forward. But they can't teach worth shit. They can't explain it where the layman will understand it. So listen to everybody. I listened to everybody back in the day. I listened to I was your guru. I ain't going to front. That's all I did day after day. So I ain't, gonna, I ain't saying don't listen to nobody. What I'm trying to say is you need to understand basic principles, public and private, because when you come into that public, you come under their jurisdiction. The superior man stays in his own domain. Let me go to the next call. Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, let me go to. Stand on this phone, boy, I ain't coming. Oh. Let me go to area code 267, which is Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, down the line. Peace, peace and love. You said,
4: oh my goodness, man. I've been trying to talk to you for so
0: long.
4: <laughs> no, brother, man, first and foremost, man, I just wanna say thank you for all the information that you provided over the years, man. Um give a little background. I'm, I'm I'm in my truck now, I'm driving on my on my way to Denver, then I gotta go to California, but um give a little background, man. Uh I was introduced to this. This, this process, my stepfather back in uh two thousand like back when I was sixteen he uh he gave me a book it was called cracking the cold it was a big black it was a big book black and green book I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it you know it had it looked like the matrix it had all the numbers on it and stuff, but you know at sixteen, I'm like doing what a sixteen year old do, but he planted the seeds, so as time went on. You know, I would always reference back to it, reference back to it. Then a couple years ago, I came across, uh, you know, consumer law. I studied that for a little bit, and then I came across you. Somebody had put me on you back in 2018, and they was like, "No, nah, you know, you don't 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 worry about that consumer law and stuff. You know, the SCRA, Truth the Don't worry about that. This is the process right here." So I was following you since two thousand eighteen. And, you know, what I I got some basic fundamentals from you as far as, you know, one of your favorite lines is stay away from the word payment because we can't pay anything. We and the debt based society have been since nineteen thirty three. Um but what I really wanted to ask you as far as the the, the process, I know we have I know it's stuff that we have as uh as far as the our, our common law copyright, the security agreement, the uh the eight the um whole harness and indemnity agreement, is there any particular order that we have to do these in, or like 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 what's the particular order? Because I wrote out I wrote out my common law copyright, I wrote out my security agreement, my whole harness. I even got my UCC printed, but I never sent any of this off because. First, I'm still trying to study. I still, like, read it over and over again. I still be trying to understand it. So I don't want to just send it off because I got it. Is there any particular way that you prefer to send these off or that? That's, that's,
1: okay, that's on, on my webpage, on my uh, SBC uh, University, you can see I, right here on the screen for everybody listening, I made videos. I made 27 videos showing every step. Introduction, copyright clearance, cover letter, affidavit termination of franchise. I go, uh, sorry, it goes this way. It's A, B, UCC11 search, commercial security agreement, copyright clearance, UCC1, red mail forms, cover letter, W8 form, tax exempt status, affidavit termination of franchise, or harmless agreement, get a 9AEIN, get a five E ein get a five E EIN, ein for a state, Get a b beyond the state again. Filling out IRS 8832, cover letter for vital statistics, notice uh, to letter to vital statistics, chargeback stamp, and mm-hmm. birth certificate, Section 4 review, mm-hmm. 5 overview, Treasury packet cover letter, International Bill of Exchange, understanding of UCC, order of lawful money, master and discharge and indemnity bonds. Now, on here and all the documents, these are the videos up here, You can watch each individual video, Mm -hmm. and it'll go through uh, the process for you, okay? And then down here under the videos, I got all the documents So right there. Those are the documents that you'll need. The documents and the videos on the same page.
4: You
1: can see. And I made this very professional video. Okay.
0: Okay. All
4: right. So, 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 so one, one more question I had, cause I know I just, and I just heard you say it too. You said you don't use the statues and the codes, cause that's in the public. Um, I know, when, I know, I know, I already know about, you know, the, as far as how the straw man goes, you know, the, everything is all cats and everything that's in all cats is, is basically a corporation. That's the sign of a you
1: beginner. Know, around, that's the sign of, hold on, that's the sign of a beginner, by the way. A beginner is always mixing public and private. Because I was there. That's why I know, because I was there too. When these statutes, you got, that's a public, You can, I'm not saying you can't use them. But that's a public remedy. If you're going to use statutes, you got to use just statutes. You can't come back and talk about I'm a secure party or I got this status or that status. Once you start using statutes, you got to stick with statutes. You got to do one or the other. You can't use both. But go ahead.
4: All right, right, right. Okay. All right. Yeah, you cleared that up a little. So, like I said, I know, I know, I know. This, you know, all caps, the straw man, and everything in all caps is basically considered a corporation. You look around. You got your Walmart, your Target everything is considered as a corporation so within that um when you okay, when you're using let me try to word it right when you're when you're when you're doing as you say asset protection um to, to, I, don't, I don't want to say discards because it's all about freedom it's all about separating yourself from the straw man um you're, you're not you're not, you're not so, like you said, uh, what is it? Fifty-one, what, what is it, uh Thirty-one, USC, five, eleven. The gold standard that you said. You you can't can, can you correlate not not mix them, but can you correlate with the statues are saying to like put a better wording in them when you sending in like your documentation, like to use like yeah like you to, can use you, the, you can uh, use a.
1: Uh... I don't know if you were talking about use, uh, 31 USP 5118. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
1: yeah. The gold card. Like, can
4: you use the words from them to like create, like to create your own? Yes, you like, can. To create your bills. Yes, same? you can. Okay. okay.
1: Okay. Let me just say this. Okay. You can use the verbiage in any statute you want to, as long as you don't cite the statute. You can use their verbiage. You can take verbiage out of any statute okay. you want and use it. But don't cite the statute. Okay. If, you're, if it's a private process, I'm saying if it's a private process. But the best right, thing right, to know right. is principles, legal principles. Once you know the principles, you can understand why you can use the verbiage. Because the same legal principles apply on the public and the private. Principles are universal. So they're on the public and the private side.
4: So that's right, why you want to right. say principles,
1: principles of law. Principles. Okay. Okay.
4: Okay. Because everything, all, all I know, all what you teach is necessary. Because I had somebody, it, it's crazy. The same person that put me on to you is the same person that told me everything that you everything that you teach is, is not needed. Like all the paperwork, they told me all you need is a QTip number, and once you get the QTip number, you file. You see who was training on your QTip number, and
1: you do all that. Well, so I'm like, well, 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 well. Let me let, let, let me let me say this: getting the – See, that's that's uh-huh. a different process. That's a different process. Like getting a black card is a different process. Getting an accused number is a different process. A TD account through the DTC is a different process. These are different processes. Like the black card that everybody talk about, if you were able to attain one of that, you don't need none of this shit. You don't need no secured party process, right. TDA accounts, none of that shit. If you get a black card,
0: right.
1: I, that's something, but that's a right. different process. right? So, the CUSIP number, CUSIP stands for Committee on Uniform Securities Identification Process. That is a tracking number for a security. That's how they track security. So if you're able to get the CUSIP number for your birth certificate, yes, you're tracking. You now can see where that birth certificate is being traded, and now you've got evidence that it has value. So, yeah, that's what, you know, it's no longer a, it's no longer hearsay. It's a fact. Right. Right, right so yeah okay. yeah yeah that, that's not a lie, that's not a lie either, you know, but finding that QSIP number is a bitch, yeah
0: there used to be yeah,
1: to that's the thing. There, there used to be these dudes they had a they had an email called QSIPnumbers numbers at hushmail dot com y'all can y'all can y'all can email them and see if they'll still answer the their email address was qsip numbers at hushmail dot com. Now they they claim to be able they've been around for years. I don't know if they are still around but they claim to be able mm-hmm. to find your cusive number. I don't be trusting stuff like that. They we used to go on the Fidelity Neutral right. website. Fidelity now I used to, could find it on Fidelity Mutual. We used to find it on them and we used to put in, cause it would show you what fund is being traded in. We put, we do a search on the fund. I forgot how you do this and it would pull up all of these, uh, what was, what was it? What was it? Account, portfolio, account position, trader pro, trader dashboard. They didn't change up the website. So, but we would go on this website. And we put in a court case number, a court case number, and the court case. You find out what the court case is being traded in, what fund, the birth certificate number, and things like that. But, man, I'm going to tell you, one day I, was on, I used to spend a lot of time on Fidelity Mutual website. I'm going to tell you all the story. All right. This was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. Um, I was on Fidelity Mutual website looking up CUSA numbers on cases and birth certificates. I'm doing it. I'm flying with it. One day I'm on the computer and all of a sudden something just put, popped up on the screen and asked me for my social security number. It popped up, one of my social security numbers. I'd never seen that shit before. And um I was like uh I was like so I tried to put in fake numbers. It wouldn't accept any number. I finally just tested it and put in my real number and it it, it accepted it. And and then I wow. wasn't able to look up stuff on that website anymore. Listen, I can tell y'all some weird wow. stories. I do this for a reason. Y'all going to encounter some weird stories, too. Watch what I'm telling you. They able to keep, they okay, this is what y'all got to understand. They trying to keep this a secret. So mm-hmm. they never going to, every now and then you might meet somebody who will look around and tell you. Yeah, that's true. You know, everybody look around and tell you, yeah, it's true. Everybody you know, look around and say, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, yeah. Don't tell nobody. You'll meet somebody like that, maybe an attorney or judge or somebody if you're lucky enough, you know, and they trust you enough. They'll mm-hmm. tell you. Or you'll meet somebody in finance. You can work at a president of a bank or something like that. You'll meet somebody if you do this long enough and you're in the right circle. You'll bump into people. That'll let you know, but they ain't gonna never come out and just publicly say that that's the truth. At dealerships, people work at uh, that own dealerships, car dealerships, uh, people who own um, what else? It's, 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 we ain't the only people that know this. They know this. Right. People working. Right. Pre- people who work in the criminal investigation division, almost uh, in the in a criminal investigation division, of the IRS. People know. Mm-hmm. You'll find out mm-hmm. yeah. You'll find yeah. out You'll meet someone I met a guy I, I met this guy They were discharging debt with the numbers Off the back of their social security card And they were doing it By converting the, the letter into a number Like it's, it's a, if, if If you have a C on the back of your social security card They convert it to an O3 If it was a D it would be over 4 That make an account number and then they get those Federal Reserve routing numbers and then put that with the account number, it, and put it at the bottom of the negotiable instrument. And it was working. What they found out though
0: too,
1: yeah. <laughs> What they found out though is they found out that, that the Federal Reserve was switching the routing numbers around and they figured out the algorithm for the routing numbers. And they was discharging fit shit for like six months. They got a visit from the Federal Reserve, not the IRS. The Federal Reserve. the Federal Reserve agent, like they security, right? And he said they played good cop, bad cop on him. He said that um, he said one of the cops was being very rude and disrespectful, talking about he can go to jail for using this, and blah blah t- talking to him real crazy. He said, but the other guy told him, he said if you want to use this, you got to fill out the right paperwork. That's what made me interested mm-hmm. in Tony King as well as Gene Keating got that operational circular number one. I had to explain all that mm-hmm. shit too. It's a whole bunch of shit y'all don't know about. I that the Federal Reserve I them are account numbers. They're account numbers. you have permission to use them? You don't I have you don't hold. have a uh sign you don't even have a signature card on file. Or an authorization form to use. When you do banking, you need a signature card on file. That's what the operation circular was doing. You need authorization, all that. You don't have all that shit. Y'all just going out there, just using the shit. Just using it. I got a right to use it. Got my name on it. Get the fuck out of here. That sounds stupid. When I when I first, when I, first
4: started, when I first started when I first started when I first started studying this. I did that the same process you just said. I did that, but I I used, I was using it to pay like uh like regular bills and it would work, but it they would it would always come back. Like I used my social for the checking account, and then
1: and you get some kind of funny response I from it was them too. Third
4: bank that my like, social was used to. Yep, I put the route number. Because what it what and it would,
1: what it would be is it would go through. And then they would be like, oh, shit, this shit went through. But he used this uh, Federal Reserve account. They ain't supposed to use that account. And then they'd have difficulty. That's how some people getting get the car title to their cars, and they'd come back and try to get the car. And that's why Fred Nina was telling people, when you discharge your car and you get the title, sell the car immediately and go buy another car. So you don't have possession mm-hmm. of it anymore. People right. telling people to do that. And I got a whole, I don't say a lot of shit because I already know what's going to happen. I already know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do, I'm going to do a discharging webinar. I'm going to do one and y'all going to pay for it. It ain't going to be cheap. Uh, If I got to come out and do that, y'all going to force me to do this right here. It's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be cheap at all. And I'm going to go in. It's going to be a two day webinar and it's going to be eight hours here every day. Yeah, I ain't going It ain't gonna be the one-hour, 2 hours. It's gonna be an all-day affair. I ain't did one of those in a long time, years. But for the right price, I'll do it again. If I got to sit up eight, eight, eight hours straight, two days in a row, I'll show y'all a whole bunch of shit. But you anyway, say anyway,
4: bro. That, I hope that you answers process. your question. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you, man. But like, like I said, one thing I take from you, man, you say this process is not about discharging debt, man. It's, it's, it's really about freedom It's separating yourself from that, from that entity, man. I, I didn't come I into this.
1: I didn't come into this trying to discharge. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what—I was in jail. So what they were saying in jail, I didn't understand it. They were saying, "Yeah, dudes, get out and get got cars, and all that." They were telling me stories about dudes get cars, and dudes do get cars. They have gotten cars and stuff that shit is real. But it requires that you I I tell people try to get with the owner of the of the dealership. He knows. That's who knows. The owner of the dealership. Maybe you right. might get a finance manager that deals with internet the domestic car companies may not know. It's the it's the, like Porsche. You know, that's why people go for high-end cars. 'Cause it's like you go to Ford and Chevy and all them them motherfuckers don't know nothing. You have to deal with somebody who's importing and exporting. I just went
4: so, to I just Friday, I just went to the uh Friday, I just went to the dealership. I got a uh I got a twenty twenty three ninety SRT three ninety two and the dealer the 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 owner of the dealership was there. It was in Edison, New Jersey. He was there, he pulled up in the uh he pulled up in the yours in the Lamborghini truck. And I'm sitting up there and I'm conversating with him. And I wasn't, I I didn't so much go into the private side as far as, you know, you know, it's the sovereignty and everything. But I was saying, you know, the statutes, like, uh, do y'all follow truth and lending? And, you know, 1605, that's the, the financial charges and come all death. Oh. And I told him, you know, you got to inform me about the use of my credit, which is 15 USD, 1601. And he was sitting there looking at me. He like, You ain't got no pamphlet in front of you or nothing. I said, No. I said, No. I said, no. I, said, no. I, said I can run these I can run these uh consumer laws down down by the end of my book. False awesome, is fifteen West C 1692 E. Harassment is D. Communication is C. I know these things because that's the things that I study. But I, I also understand too, like you just said, and I'm glad you told me that that I can take the verbiage from the statues. And use them into the property as long as I don't use the actual law, man. So I'm I'm about to go ahead, man. That you told me that, man. Because I'm minute, Wait, Let me I say this: laws.
1: you can use a statute if you're quoting it in such a way that you're letting them know that that's what they're required to follow. You know, you can do, you can, you, you can use it like if you're using it in that sense. But you know, it's like you know, according to 15 U.S.C. 1692g, which is the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, you are required to that's verify crazy. this. Because see, they are the statutes are for them. That's what it's for. Right. It's for the public, and right. they in the public, mm-hmm. so they're required to follow all of that stuff. If you're if you're saying you're private, you're not using statutes. You're using contracts. Contracts right. makes the law, and equity is our is is our form to have contracts enforced. It is right. it's it's just right. basic. I'm telling y'all, if y'all will get these basics locked down in your mind. It will become so clear, you know, because right now the confusion comes in because you mix in public and private. You don't know the distinction between the two. You know, you're, you're talking about a contract one minute, then a statute the next, and then you're discharging this, and then what they required to do the next, and then I'm that person, or we are an agent, and things like y'all saying all of this stuff, and the reason you're saying it is because you don't know the difference between public and private. Once you once you can order your thoughts, public and private helps you order everything, puts everything in its right comparts. It compartmentalizes everything in your mind. So now you're looking at everything orderly. But right now you're not looking at it orderly. It's jumbled. It's all jumbled together. It's jumbled together, and that's where the confusion comes in, and that's what's going to make you look crazy. They start calling you co sovereign right. citizens and all that's where all that shit comes from. Mm hmm.
4: All right. Okay. All right. Thanks, brother man. I appreciate you, man. Best of to to Continue to watch and continue my studies, man, for sure.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. All right. Doubt. All right, y'all. Okay. What the, what's that was the time? I have been on here.
0: With Lucky Lancelot, you can get lucky
3: just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?